Blog Talk Radio. It's that time. We have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year. I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Line with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. Welcome to The Net Live. Jeremy, I know a couple of beach teams that did a good job. You do know a couple of them. I know a couple. Welcome to Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, 28th of July, 2014. About halfway through here. We're past halfway. It's almost August. Man, I don't know where it's gone. August, my kids will be just made to learn. It's going to be school time in about four weeks. I've already seen, like, back-to-school commercials, and if I was a kid, I would just be in a full panic. Oh, yeah. You're mad panic. Yeah. But if you're listening to this program, do not go into a mad panic. Just sit back, relax, and get ready to enjoy another good episode of The Net Live. We have some fun stuff for you today. World Series of Beach Volleyball, Stanley Cup Super Bowl Championship, World Series of Beach Volleyball championship we were there we have a lot of coverage of that we'll have some interviews and rare random moments from all of our time spent down there we'll talk about usa cup preparations as they begin and in that vein we will have a wrap-up of world league and a look forward to world champs with the one and only john Spraw. nice he will join us later in the show uh, this is the World Series Hangover Show, by the way. <laughs> Everyone's sort of in one piece. Kevin and Jeremy holding down the home court as usual, and hosting this week, Cam and Everett of Volley Source. Thanks, gentlemen. Hey guys. Hey guys. How's Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us in the home court. Uh, this is you got a really sweet studio space here. I'm very <laughs> jealous. Um, kind of looks like a loft in a home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really does. I'm, I'm half expecting the the ham and Swiss cat to come up and, <laughs> and get in Jeremy's face. It's actually, it's actually unspecified cheese, not necessarily Swiss or oh, cheddar. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. My apologies. <laughs> yes, they they may come up and Jeremy may have to shoo them away from what's happening. But thanks for being here, boys. It's uh, it's and good to have you. Us. I think the only reason they came in was because they heard our next ad says the only. Volleyball podcast in the Let's world. Get into that right away, huh? Yeah. Well, right let me let me check that. that off for later. Yeah. I had it right. on here. <laughs> should we just get it out of the way now, or just curious? Like, should we just put the headsets down and just start duking it out? How does that work? I think that's maybe Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. we should we should do some some go to the beach, grab a ball and some twos to settle this once and for all. Well, then you play will some, be you will be the only sets. podcast. Yeah, play, play some, some sets. sets. Yeah, yeah, got some sets. We will play multiple sets. If that's the case, Volley Source will be the champions because, hey. as we determined on Friday night when we all had dinner together with Matt Gardhoff, yeah, the entire TNL crew is unable to jump. They're on the IR right now. <laughs> Correct. Even former members, yeah, McGee, yeah. Tom Planner, fashion probably can't jump inactive. either. Dustin is actually in really good shape. I saw him. He is side out in Milwaukee. He's You're listed day to day with an ankle injury, possible surgery. Correct. 
I am perpetually on the sidelines with yes. my knees. Reed Pretty, he was he was in the back of his car with the windows rolled up. It was 80, 85 degrees and sunny out there in Long Beach. We were thinking we'd have to break the glass. It was unfortunate. Like a trapped baby. But sure enough, we walk up, and he's doors open. What's up, guys? But he's wearing the, what was that thing called? Game ready. The game, game ready. ready. Yeah. Double game ready. He can't move, can't bend his knees. He's, he's stuck straight yeah. in the back seat there of his uh, Mercedes. Luckily, he had the Mercedes, so he had plenty of room. Yeah, there was yeah. lots of room in that back yeah. seat. It was like a Maybach or something. He had, yeah. he had like a little kind of like therapy thing oh, yeah. back there. He yeah. does like lots of equipment, you know, just in case. You didn't see the masseuse pop out of the trunk? I did not. Yeah, she was. I, I had already left by that point. I expected there to be a driver the way he was lounging in the back. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But I want a game ready for my house along with the Polar Tech. It's going to take an investment of about eight grand, but I, I might be prepared. So I'm down with an eight grand investment. Well, maybe I'll get the insurance company to pay. We'll figure it out somehow. Okay. So we're happy to have these guys here and happy to have John Spara joining us. And thanks to you, the listener, for being here. We want to make sure we thank our sponsors right off the top. Volleyball Magazine for standing behind us in a big way. They're new. Magazine is out August 14th, August 2014. Rookie on a roll. Deservedly so, Taylor Sander hitting a serve right on the cover. Good stuff. Who, good, good shot. If I'm Taylor also Sander. correct about this, he won the uh, sixth man at the World Series of Beach Volleyball, I too. Know, actually, they, Did they, they lose in the final? They lost, made it to the final. They lost. lost. The final, oh, yeah. Thank you. To who was it? Quicksilver? Yeah, to Quicksilver. <laughs> so this team, we're walking in with uh, some friends that I've met on tour the last couple of weeks, Alex Rangari of Italy, Giannis Smedens of Latvia, and these guys just run up to me. Guys, do you want to play on our six-man team? We have they beer. Just, we have beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sell. Perfect, yeah. It's and they sell. just look at each other, they're just like, yeah, sure. You know what? That's a five-second elevator pitch right there. <laughs> hey, guys. Want to play on our team? We have beer. Done. Sold. Sold. Yeah. Sold. I'm in. <laughs> but, yeah, that was great. Yeah, but, yeah, I think they beat the, uh, the Taylors. Yes. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my okay. favorite team, though, was the Long Beach team that had like 50 dudes. There was a lot of people. And out every there. tire, yeah. like history of Long Beach State <laughs> University Volleyball was on this one roster. Yeah. M- minus Taylor Crabb, of course, who was playing with the Hawaiians and Yes. It was uh, every time they scored a point, they would all rush the court, and then and then disperse. It was all, a great, it all, was great for us to them. see. Like honestly, we don't we don't have huge tournaments like yeah. that. We hear these and see these photos of like the the six man and just the, the insane costumes and the parties and the, these huge teams. But I know this was this was nowhere near. What you know, the Manhattan Beach correct six men, but it gives well, you a taste. To used to be, yes. Yeah, you have to say used to be now. <laughs> past tense. Smackfest it might be the new deal because Smackfest is it's a getting there. smaller scale. Yeah, but people, it's still on a weekend. It's not on Wednesday afternoon. That is correct. It's a one day event though. Yeah, one yeah. day event. It's okay. Maybe that's better. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Now it was a it was an awesome atmosphere. I actually, Jeremy, I told you, I came down on Friday afternoon just in time to watch the Germans take on. Kerry and April, and that match was fun. It was nearly the end of the tournament. They almost folded the entire <laughs> tournament down. Kerry and April would have lost. The tournament would have been over. Yeah. NBC would have been packing up. Yeah, yeah, just taking off. Yep. NBC actually waved off the next match, the Holland versus Phil and Rosie match. It was supposed to be on. Everybody was all set. Hey, we're going to go on this net. Waved it off. I don't know what happened there. And then I heard a bunch of complaints about the final. The men's final not being shown or not I being shown in too. its entirety? The men's yeah. final was not shown. At all. Wow. We they, saw the third place of the women's? Really? It wasn't to even the, time delayed to or the anything impression, like that? The impression I'm under is not shown. 
Does anyone in the chat board can they confirm that yeah. for us? Cause, yeah, like cause we, I, were, we were. We I was were, out yesterday. Yeah, like we were, we were there. We saw it, but yeah. like we're not. Saw and, like, live. They they had the camera crews going. Like they were working, right? I know. They did. If they did any of the match, it would have been the beginning. Because at one point I looked to my right because TV was up uh, in the area where I was set up, and Marlo and Kevin Wong were not there. So that's a good indication that they were not filming that match. The men's final. Correct. Wow. Maybe that that was. That was a match too. Like, well, that was, absolutely, that was a great match. Okay, absolutely. but here's here's a here's a newsflash for them then. Be entertaining, please. <laughs> Stop being boring. Feeling rosy? Anybody? Okay. The professor. Yeah, Todd. I had reports of his body language. Well, yeah, that's the usual. Like, guys, and and it's not them. It's not your personality. It's not your personality. But make it exciting. Make it fun. What I was gonna, here's what I was going to say about the women. Yeah. I showed up Friday afternoon just in time to see that quarterfinal matchup. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Ludwig, Germany. He's Laura Legit. Ludwig. <sighs> Legit. She might be my new favorite player. Watching her these last couple of weeks on tour, she is so good. Her partner, Julia Sude, new partnership. So that's something. This year, right? Yeah. yeah. Her, her old partner, she got some bacterial infection or something and mm. took her out. Yeah, mono or Mon- something? I think yeah. it's, like, really? Most of the people who get it get mono. Wow. So wow. We don't know how long it's... They're, they're going to be together, but for a new partnership, they're still... We, we spoke with Laura. They're still kind of learning the chemistry, seeing, finding out each other's little nuances and stuff. Yeah, Laura is athletic as hell. She's yeah. unreal. She is the one with... Her hair's out. It's shorter hair, but it's out and flowing. And oh, just yeah. Back. Yeah, just yes. flowing. Just, yeah. And it's dyed and blonde. It's good, it's good for her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're that intrigued, team was, aren't you? That team was fun to watch. A little. Yeah. A lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I'll say, yeah. A lot of people intrigued by this. So the tournament almost ended on Friday. Yeah, because this match this match was really good. I thought it was interesting. The Germans chose to serve Carrie a ton, mm-hmm. and just after her the whole time. But Carrie's vision was awesome. Ludwig, like, hitting balls from over her head, crushing them straight down, was sick. But then there's a certain intimidation factor, it seems, because it's match point. When you get to a certain point in the, in the match. third set, and the Germans miss their serve. Yeah. Then they shank the next ball. Play goes on. Carry stuffs it. Yeah. They lose. But the they're just—you could tell they were totally mentally rattled at that moment, where they could have won the match. Yeah. And like I, we we spoke with Laura um, like immediately after the loss, and we didn't know kind of what kind of mood she would be in, mm-hmm. and she's a very uh, extroverted and bright personality, and she was like, "Yeah, you know what? Like, yes, it's unfortunate that we lost, but you know, like that happens sometimes, and like that's it actually happens part, part of the time. You you know, yeah. unless you're winning every single tournament, you lose more than you win. Right? Yeah. Exactly. If you're but she had not a great winning the championship every year. Yeah, Kevin. Right, Kevin. That's right. That's right. I don't know who said that. Some some you didn't pontificator win, so you must not have done a good job. Thanks, Nostradamus. If everyone was doing a great job, oh boy, then everyone would win the championship. We need some new clip downs <laughs> for something. Uh, so, in an off volleyball topic, anybody following the Stephen A. Smith debacle this morning? I since last Tuesday. I haven't seen much of anything. Okay, I know I, Chris Paul said something about boycotting this year, so I'll get to that later. But then I heard about Stephen A. Smith. I saw a clip of it because of the Ray Rice thing, correct? Can, he you, was, can you fill me in? What is the... Uh, he was commenting on, and you guys can catch up here as we go, commenting on the Ray Rice situation, which has been a source of much consternation in the world of sports commentary over the last, say, five days, because the NFL issued a two-game 
suspension for Ray Rice for punching out his then fiance now wife in the elevator and dragging her at the point lifeless corpse knocking out of the elevator. She was unconscious. Right, not dead, but put literally like a sack of beans out of the elevator most of the way, feet still stuck in the elevator door and then sort of kicking her feet out of the way and lifting her up and you know, it was it was a really ugly scene. They gave him two games. In comparison to... Well, the one that was brought up, Albert Hainsworth, stomping on a guy's head. Yeah. In the game. During the game, yeah. Gave the guy 30 stitches, but still, it is in the game. Four games. Okay, so here's, here's my question. What is the league's kind of, like, is this even their territory? Shouldn't this be a police issue? It, oh, it yeah, is it went issue. to court. He, he pleaded not guilty, but the NFL doesn't usually care what the court says prior to. They usually throw down their law and punishment prior to that, regardless, because it hurts the image of the shield. Right. You represent the shield. Right. You're part of the league. It is more than your regular job. Right. Where you could get away with hiding underneath, oh, I'm still innocent, this, that. You you represent that league in a way that if you're a cog in a, a company, you don't represent that company publicly the same way. Uh, so it's a different sort of deal. But anyway, Stephen A. Smith commenting on said incident and the two games and so on, used language to indicate that women sometimes provoke that type of thing. Wow. Now, he has since, this morning, that was on First Take Friday, his his show in the morning. First Take Today, and I watched the clip. First Take Monday. (laughs) First Take Monday. He has has owned it. Good. And I give him, I actually give him credit for owning it, saying, among other things, saying that's not how I meant to characterize it, but he did not really defend that. He said the way it came out, that is exactly what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. It should not have sounded like that. That is not how I feel about the situation. It's wrong. Whatever. And yes, I was absolutely wrong. It's the biggest mistake of my career. I thought he did a nice job owning it. He didn't say, in case I offended anybody. No. Yes. Okay. It was not one of those apology. apologies. Now, my initial reaction to what he said was, toss the bum. Because Stephen A's got a pretty good history of being kind of provocative. That's kind of his shtick, and I, I've kind of I don't find him to make all the most convincing arguments sometimes. Correct. But I, I thought toss the bum. Then I then I thought about Jimmy the Greek. Jimmy the Greek kind of crept into my brain. And if you remember, Jimmy the Greek made a comment, happened to be on camera at a restaurant in New York about the difference between white and black players mm-hmm. back in the late yeah, 80s, when, yeah. early 90s, yeah, right? Yep. And they put him out on his ass. Because he was, somebody was recording him or videotaping yeah, him. Like that, yeah, exactly. And, that and happens he, to our mayor every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's different when you run for public oh, office, man. Cam. It's, it's different nowadays, different. too. Yeah. yeah, Rob Ford. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. But anyway, I, I thought about Jimmy the Greek, and I thought, well, you don't have to toss someone for making a mistake. But ESPN's got a pretty decent history right now. Stephen A. Smith today, and Friday... Chris Broussard with his anti-gay I, remarks. Yeah. I don't know how he stuck around for just being playing a bigot. Yeah. Uh, and Tony Dungy for his remarks regarding that Michael one, Sam. Mm, but, Tony, uh, but Tony... He was giving his honest opinion. He didn't say, I wouldn't pick him because I don't like gay people. That's not what he said. He said it would be a distraction. And that's what every coach in the NFL thinks. Did you see Oberman's thing on Dungy? Again, I have Worst not. person in the world? Said that about Tony Dungy? Well, worst person in sports. It's a normal feature he has. Oh, gotcha. 
I did read an article saying all the good that he's done, this doesn't go – for him saying this is not true to all his other actions that he's done in the league, and I think he needs to look at that a little bit. Agree, but again, it's one of these men of God preaching against – not preaching against, but saying something that definitely could be viewed as anti-gay. Correct. He's, you know, he's cloaked in the cross kind of thing. And I thought Olbermann has done a fantastic job. You should watch Keith Olbermann, worst person in the sports world, Tony Dungy, and then also – uh, his on the NFL and it's two game suspension. Olbermann's doing some fine work right now, some fine commentary. Tony does you on NBC, not AES, not ESPN. Sorry, NBC. Wherever yeah, yeah. he was, yeah, yeah. So, Just yeah, that's right. He's not an ESPN guy. He's an NBC guy these days. Um, I, I just think Olbermann's doing some really fine work with these guys. And, and what I thought about with Jimmy the Greek, because basically they just shut Jimmy the Greek down. But I think there's a worthwhile discussion to have there about the differences in athletes and, and athletic construction of different races and, and people. People are different. Mm-hmm. There are not a lot of really good basketball athletes. There's one from Mexico. If you look at England, northern European white people, there are not a lot of very skilled, dynamic, dynamic athletes. There's soccer players. There's some other slow-twitch stuff. Soccer is about the fastest thing you get out of that area. Yeah. There are some legitimate differences between peoples and their genetics, depending upon the region you hail from, the combination of genes you happen to have. Sure. White, black, purple, purple, red, yellow, orange, blue. If you're a Smurf, you're probably not very tall. <laughs> if you're a Smurf. <laughs> if you're a Smurf, you're not making the NFL. Uh, but but I, I think that the debate is better than sacking these guys. Well, anytime something like controversial like that happens, somebody says something, I always want there to be a debate mm-hmm. about it. Rather As opposed to just like, you're fired, we don't want to talk about you ever again, we're going yeah, to pretend it happen. Let's just let's like, talk about it, because if somebody's saying like something like that, then they need to be talked to or discussed about it, and, like, and maybe they'll look at it from a different perspective and be like, you know what, I actually never thought of it like that, always just was in my cocoon like this, let me think about it that way. That I'm all for. But not only that, if there's one person who's thinking those things, then there's, there's got to be more. Absolutely. Right? So that, that, that conversation has to happen to be, you know, this isn't right. Yeah, there's other people out there who are thinking that way, so we need to address this. But just sacking them and you know putting yeah, them away, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't help solve anything. Bit. Yeah, Tony Dungy's not the only person that thinks Michael Sam drafting him would have been a distraction for his team. Yeah, well, the funny thing when Overman said he said Tony Dungy just admitted that Tony Dungy couldn't handle drafting Michael Sam. Yeah, there you go. As as good a coach as Tony Dungy was or could be, still he couldn't handle that really. Really? Michelle Beadle crushed Stephen A. Smith. She did a great job. And this is inter-network, you know, ESPN on ESPN oh, yeah. Crime right there. Yep. She said, thinking about wearing a miniskirt out this week, but wondering what might happen, something close to that. You know, hashtag provoking or whatever. I mean, it just, if you go back and listen to what Stephen A. said, you're like, what are you doing? What planet are you from that you think, he just, he's coming up with the old argument that, oh, she deserved it. Oh, she invited it. Really? Just because Now he says later it wasn't, but that's exactly what he said on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is unless your life is being threatened, there's really no need to physically harm anybody for that matter. Regardless no. what gender they are. Unless you're coming at me with a weapon, I shouldn't have to punch you. No, if you're such a horn dog you can't look at a woman and still have respect for her no matter what she's wearing, then you have it's your problem, not hers, buddy. What did, what did uh, I think it was Dave Chappelle, just because I'm dressed like this does not make me a whore. <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, I, Dave Chappelle, genius stuff. That first season when he has the the blind black guy who's a racist. Who's racist? Yeah, who hates black yeah, guy because he thinks he's white. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know. I, I actually saw Dave Chappelle about a month ago. He's super in, Yeah, yeah, three a.m. in the morning at a Chinese food place in Toronto. What? Yeah. Wow. He comes up was he with Rob Ford? No. Yeah. Uh, he, he did. He was. He was like kind of was sitting in the back with a dude. And I went to the washroom and, you know, I was, I was, uh, you follow, back you followed and I, him. And I was just, just like, that, that, look, that guy looks like Dave Chappelle. And I got closer. I was like, wow. Because, that's, because that's it is Dave, Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. <laughs> and I was like looking at him and I didn't want to go up to him and say hi or anything. So he just like saw me, gave me a nod. I gave yeah. him a nod and yeah. I kept on walking. But I was like, wow. That's yeah. Dave so, Chappelle. so some like big comedians come up to Toronto when they're working on a new hour because it's a smaller, smaller rooms, smaller. Oh, so they're kind of testing uh, it out. So they can a test bit. out new material with fresh crowds. Makes too. sense. A lot of the guys, especially like the guys based here in California, uh, their Laugh Factory and, mm-hmm. and the store, like they're they're regulars and they get like when they have the mic there, people just come in and they don't get to test uh, proper material because people in California comedy clubs. They're going to laugh at whatever Joe Rogan sells, regardless of whether yeah. or not it's funny or not. So when he needs to actually work on material, they do it elsewhere. Yeah, and Toronto's a very international city. That's one thing I've appreciated about my trips there, uh, once as a kid, now professionally a few times, is, is how it feels like a European city. From the moment I land at the airport, it looks and feels like a European airport, to the feel of the city, this, the multicultural aspect of that city is really cool. Is it a, you said you were there at 3 a.m. Like, is it a late city? Like, do things stay open? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, especially, like... You Cam don't eat don't air before 3. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's more Western Canada. Yeah. Perfect. I, I mean, Cam and I live, like, right downtown, you know, minutes away from the University of Toronto. Yeah. And especially that area, you can find anything awesome. you want. Yeah, whatever you want. Anything? Anything. Anything I want? <laughs> Probably. I mean, we can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Road trip planned. <laughs> oh, that's... uh. Yeah, that that's cool. Dave Chappelle. So buffer, Dave Chappelle, or Carrot Top. Oh, well, Carrot Top, Carrot top looks freaks like me out. Yeah. Carrot Top looks like he's roiding. I'm not trying to throw any rumors. He out is, there. Dave just looks like he's just it. added some weight on. Really? He's yeah. like going Goldberg traps. Like no, he's not, no, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of comics and funny things, I went to Comic Con. Oh, I want to hear about yeah. that. Here we go. Went to Comic Con this weekend. First, first voyage, maiden voyage. I like the photos that you sent. You weren't the tallest freak there. There were some bigger people. Yeah. A couple of people. Calvin and Hobbes. Yes. Pretty perfect. funny. The wife as Hobbes. Wow. Husband about my height as Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how, how tall is the wife? She's very short. Five, six. Okay, the ratio of That's Calvin to Hobbes is like Not very short. One. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Should be five, little... four, maybe. <laughs> yeah, she was... I always thought Hobbes was bigger than Calvin, but... He is. Apparently, it doesn't matter there. Okay. I, I love the crossovers because... People aren't afraid to just combine whatever they think is appropriate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I saw a Wolverine Stormtrooper. Because, wow. hey, why not? Yeah. Stormtrooper outfit. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Stormtrooper outfit. Yeah. Wolverine-type side wings on the helmet. Yeah. Wolverine colors. Okay. Okay. All throughout the Stormtrooper armor and Wolverine claws. Sweet. Oh. I don't, why? But then why again, not? why not? Why not? Yeah. 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 Not that you need the armor because you're made of whatever adamantium. Yeah, like yeah. you don't. Wow. But cool. Yeah, why wear? What well, if point. it gets why cold? Wear... Maybe it keeps him warm. Well, no, because I've seen Wolverine in the winter fight scene in the original X Men. He's I'm not just cold. Trying to help him out. He's up in the north. He's got a light coat on. He's Canadian. It's North Canada, yeah. and he's got a light coat on. 
a, a light coat. He's in Saskatoon in January, and he's just wearing, like, uh, members only. I mean, it's no problem. It's minus 50 Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> that metric system again. I can't even do that. It's like 150 in Kelvin or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Comic-Con, we head down early Saturday morning. We, we drive down. We stay at Rosecrans and the freeway, which is by SeaWorld, not far away, not far away from the airport there. And it's basically a horrible neighborhood, just to put it lightly. We walk the six or so blocks over to the trolley. My wife calls me as I'm just about to take a picture. I have my phone in my hand. I'm like, hold on. I'll call you back. She says, are you there yet? I go, I'm going to send you a picture. So I send her a picture with the Joker waiting for the trolley. Yeah. Like, yes, we are here. There, we're with the Joker. <laughs> this guy, like, obviously, I've made it. Oh, his, his Joker outfit, his Joker commitment was stellar. So that was the first picture that I took of what would be many. The question from our wives, my friend and I down there, the question from the wives became, it was, are you just going around taking pictures of people? So, yeah, that's what they want. They're yeah, they're all, for, they're, they're all for it, right? Yeah. Up. That's waiting for the trolley, guys. This is the Joker. So we, we're riding the trolley down. Great job to ride the trolley down to Convention Center. As we're pulling up to Convention Center, I look out the back. It's not that crowded yet. Walking along the sidewalk in big, prideful, strong steps is Batman in a solid Batman outfit. Look at the Joker go, hey, there's Batman. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Turns around and says, I forget what he said, but it was pretty. He was in character. He was very excited. First of all, this photo. He's quoting the movie. This photo of the Joker. It looks like he's just having a legit conversation with one of his buddies. He's yeah, he talking is. about what they had for dinner last night. Yeah. Maybe I got this girl's number. Like he's having just a legit. What conversation. I have waiting for me at home on the yeah, TV. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was waiting. He was talking about his hair. Actually, that's funny you said that because he was discussing the fact that he just added the hair to the costume. So yeah, we are there. We get down, and I think auto fights are are required because later in the day. My friend had bought a wrestling mask for his son because okay. why not? They have wrestling masks there. He bought one, like and like the uh, Mexican wrestling yeah, mask. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. If you had a zipper, it would be a little sketchy, kind Perfect. of. Perfect. So he had the full mask, and one of our other guys who was there, his brother-in-law, is trying the mask on. As he's trying it on, they're taking a couple of photos to send. I said, "Hey, because there's a line right next to mm-hmm. us here at Petco Park," and I said, "Hey, Max, the guy's name is Max. Max, you got to fight that guy." <laughs> there was a guy in line with a Mexican wrestler mask on. <laughs> So it's Max, like automatic, right? to his credit, just goes, he walks over. The guy's just like, the other guy's looking in line, doing whatever. Max goes up, like slaps him in the shoulders, and, and kind of gets into grappling. <laughs> he gets into grappling mode, and the other dude immediately drops his bag and, and gets into grappling mode. And so they go at it like the dude's glasses fall off at some point because he had them on his head over his mask. And they're, they're knocking each other down and going to the pavement. So it goes on for about 40, 50 seconds. It's hilarious. At the end... They kind of bro-hug it, and the crowd, the line, Loves applauds. It. That's fantastic. It was hilarious. That's so good. And especially, like, some of these costumes <laughs> oh. take years. Yes. And the ones that have very specific detail, maybe it's from a movie where they analyze frame by frame the movie to see right. just how does that typography sit on that part of the armor. Yeah. Or this this has a scratch from this scene so because I got hit with a bullet, so that's going to have like a little grazed thing right there. Like, like they want their photos taken. We're looking at the photos here in studio. These are hilarious. And Doc Ock. Doc Ock. He's just walking down the street. Doc Ock. 
Just and they want somebody to come by and notice that scratch on their armor and be like, oh, that's from scene 3617 yeah. from episode whatever. Frame 7,441. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Just to appreciate the work that goes into these costumes. And oh, like yeah. the cons and Comic-Con being like the biggest is like that's the place where everyone can come together in that community and do it. And it's exploded. Oh, yeah. Even it's, outside it is. You said it sold out in 90 minutes, Kevin? Is that what you said? 130,000 passes sold out in 90 minutes back in February. Wow. There are about 150,000 people there. There's some great art and satire. It's not just comics. You know, oh, right. you're going to see comics. No. film and everything. Maybe. It's expanded to film, video games, uh, satirical art, lots of, uh, lots of drawing. There is random stuff. There was one booth, an entire booth, with a bunch of episodes or, or magazines of girls and corpses. Yeah, like, let that settle on you for a second. Graphic novel magazine. Just a magazine. Real girls, fake corpses, but it's a whole magazine and many issues. They had Farrah Abraham coming to do a signing. I'm not sure how that works. Teen mom turned porn queen. Interesting. Were there any little fat Jeremy's there? Uh, no, there was little fat tiger. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Satirical. We'll put this on <laughs> yeah. the sugar frosted fat from, from Kill Kids. Almost bought that. My wife's like, 50 bucks? Like, it's crazy. I'm like, that's not that bad. She goes, obviously, you were hanging hanging around a lot of overpriced merchandise all day to think that 50 bucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, yeah, that was funny. And then we decide, my buddy and I, we had a great time walking the floor, seeing all the costumes, appreciating the costumes, and so on. At 1 o'clock, we walk out for some lunch, and we start drinking. That's when it started. That's when it started. This one, is going to be good. Yeah, 1 p.m. in the afternoon. It ends you're, with having, you're having a frosty beverage. You guys cannot Four see the seven. look on Kevin's face right now. Yeah. Just... <laughs> so we're, we start drinking. I struggle to the bathroom after lunch. So we, we then walk around. We're going to Petco Park. We need a couple more beers later. Walk go, or stumble around? Eh, you know. And we go to Petco where they have a whole bunch of other things happening. Nerdist Industries had a whole bunch of other things going on there. We tried to play laser tag. We were too late, whatever. We do all this stuff. The Mexican wrestling match happens. Nice. We decide to go and have a couple more beers with somebody else we know. Then we decide to walk home. To, we go to the trolley. We're going to go get changed. We're going to come back for some of the evening fare. Yeah. Late night at Comic-Con. So we head back. It's about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And we go up the trolley. Now we're walking back down Rosecrans, down one of the worst streets that you could find in San Diego, perhaps. And we, my buddy's like, we got to get some more beers. I'm like, okay, there's probably only five liquor stores on the six blocks between here and our hotel. Yeah. <laughs> our motel, the day's in. And we start walking. We stop at the first place. He buys an 18-pack. I'm like, really? An 18-pack? Ambitious. So we're walking out, and this woman walks by, and she is obviously, she's, she's had a few in her life. I'm like, hey, you want a beer? Well, sure. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. dude, give me the, give me the case. Like, so what are you doing? I'm like, give me the case. I open up the case, crack it, toss her a beer. God bless you, man. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm walking further down the street. Some other dude is across the hedge. He is stumbling through the parking lot. I'm like, yo, man, you need a beer? You need a frosty one? He goes, yeah, bro. To writing himself. Toss him one. Yeah. So now we are heroes of the homeless. We are handing out beers walking down the street. Lovely. <laughs> in Rose, on Rose Grant. You are the beer Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, so we finally go to Rubio's. We walk into Rubio's, order our meal, decide it's BYOB at Rubio's, and 
start drinking our own beers at Rubio's. <laughs> Lady, while we're eating mid-meal, comes by and goes, you can't do that in here. And just keeps on walking by. That was the extent of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was all. That, that's all it was. That was it. We've got an 18-pack and a couple orders of Rubio's sitting on the table. But Hilarious. How so, long did that 18-pack last? Uh, well, here's the problem. We had a couple go back. We're, <laughs> first of all, we walk into the Days Inn, which has not changed the furniture since I was 12 years old. My dad was having a stay. Is the remote the still mounted to the... The night table. Almost. Just, have to just turn it. You can't take it off. They still have the same two-person table in front of the window, the same two chairs, right? Then the double beds, mm-hmm. then the little tiny serviceable bathroom, and a 19-inch color television. Who still has those? Was is it, it like flat screen the or was it like no television? It was flat the, screen. It was 19-inch yeah. color TV from 1987. Nice. They're probably it spending more dial? more money on power to power that For thing. Sure. Yeah. So. We open the door to our room the first time, and you are literally hearing. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is that? It's dark, and it's just like, what the? It's the air conditioner. <laughs> it's, just, it's just going. We're like, really? Sweet. So I shoot a video with my buddy. I'm like, hey, you relaxing? It's like, oh, this is so nice. It's just, it's right with what I want. I'm like, oh, it's like crickets at night. It's just, it's just white noise. It's that loud. <laughs> so I call down. I'm like, really? Well, we need a new room. Like, well, we could send maintenance. Like, all right, you send maintenance. Maintenance comes up. <laughs> he pulls out. Like, How long did maintenance filter. take? 10 or 15 minutes. He pulls out a hammer and just starts beating the air conditioning unit with it. <laughs> your knuckles hurt now from banging on your table? <laughs> he pulls out the filter. It's filled with ice. It looks like ice cubes. Nice. He goes, oh, well, we should just turn it off for an hour and then uh, maybe turn it on later. I'm like, what happens when it ices up again? Uh, maybe it doesn't do that. I'm like, you'll, yeah. you'll, be, you'll be asleep by then. You'll be fine. Yeah. I'm like, we're, it's only 85 degrees and 85% humidity. It's like yeah. hot in San Diego. I'm like, yeah, we're out of here. So we go to another, another room. We go to another room. We're like, all right, let's just take a break for a second. We'll, we'll dress. We'll go back downtown. We both fell asleep. Shocker. Woke up, that was probably around 10 o'clock, woke up at 1 in the morning. <laughs> like, guess we're not going out. To the air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was the end of my, my Comic-Con Saturday. You old guy party on Saturday night. We started early. You start at 1. By the time 9 or 10 o'clock rolls around, you're pretty wiped out. Mm-hmm. Day so, drinking. Yeah. What's to do? Oh. But you just gotta power through. I mean, a few you of can't guys, stop. A few of the guys in the six man were doing it pretty successfully. Speaking, how are the costumes out there? I only, from my vantage point, I could see a couple of the courts. I saw there was a team that had tutus on there, yeah. like lime green. Yeah, that looked like the most. That yeah, that yeah. was. Uh, Lakers had some wigs. Yeah, yeah. Lakers do. And Gardhoff's team, I, Matt yeah. Gardhoff, I saw him. I don't remember what it was either. It must have been Saturday morning. I'm walking. I'm there super early, no matches on stadium court till 11, matches on the outer courts at 9.30. So I'm like, all right, I'll watch those from VIP. I'm walking around. I hear Jeremy. All right, I see this guy. I don't recognize him. Look away. I hear Jeremy. I look over. It's Gart Hoff in an Adam Johnson wig. Stop yeah. I, did not recognize, I did not recognize him. He, he had the, the wig, the visor. The wig, the visor, the, whole, like the, the cutoff, yep. the shorts. It was fantastic. So his team was legit with their costumes, but anything else that I miss out there costume-wise? No, no. I mean, everyone was just kind of wearing matching stuff. There's a few girls' teams that were all wearing matching bikinis. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the team that won was all wearing the same Quicksilver board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hawaii, the Hawaiian guys were all wearing, you know. Yeah. yeah it, it was nothing, no. Nothing, nothing Comic-Con. Nothing big, yeah, nothing big and over the top okay. and things that we would see. Like, there's no bear costume. 
But gotcha. there was a bear costume yesterday for the final. There was a I dude. saw a guy in a bear costume yeah. on the, the sponsor. Oh, the, that California thing. Yeah. No, yeah. there was a dude. Was there somebody in that? At, yeah. Because yeah. like, it was like a full. I saw it and it wasn't moving. I was like, is that thing stationary yeah. or somebody in there dying right now? Yeah, no, <laughs> I gave that guy a high five and he said something, you but know. You could, could, yeah, I had no idea what he was saying. But <laughs> he, was, he was raging hard for a while on the top of the Bud Light trucks. Nice. Yeah. With was, the Raiders. Uh, yeah, with the Raiders. Nice. Yeah. Perfect spot for the Raiders, by the way. Yeah. They had mobile um, Bud Light bars that had uh, a roof deck on top. Nice. So Bar on the bottom. Yeah, bar on the bottom, roof, roof deck on, on top. top. I was like, that's the perfect I place. You keep them. Keep the Razor, Raiders contained, but they have VIP seating, and you can still hear them, and they can heckle you. Except and for, they can get beer. Yeah, right exactly. Below. Except for in the final when they were sitting right. Right behind right the back behind line. Back yeah. line. Oh, and man. I mean, there isn't even like... There's nothing between them and the players. Were they in the chairs? Yeah, they yeah. were in the chairs. Phil and would go back to serve, and he was like at those wicker chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was great. I was it, right there. I was right there getting shots yeah, for, the, yeah. for the site. So uh, Phil was literally like, I, I could reach out and touch Phil. Yeah. When did you? No. I don't. No, I don't Phil, got, Phil. When so you got something his, on your back. Let me get he, that for you. Within his approach, you don't. You don't no. touch that guy. No. But when Poland would go back to yeah. serve, would the Raiders so, just crush them? They were absolutely like they they folded up Gregor like at, like he was flipping them off nice right. and yeah. and when they were uh, that just got them even going even oh, more like as soon as you let back. them know that they are affecting you they it gets yeah, worse like bad you idea just, you cannot acknowledge them yeah, at all whatsoever if you yeah if when you they, can't when handle it he turned it into when even when Marius the uh, the blocker was going up to serve yeah. he was showing signals he was flipping them off, showing line like that. <laughs> you guys on, I know Good it's audio only, him. but you can imagine. Yes. Good for him, and hopefully NBC got that as well. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. You know what NBC did get is, while Geeter and April were doing the worm, they got Cam and I chilling yeah. right behind. <laughs> we're, we're, nice. We're right behind it. Nice. It's, it's fantastic. I, apparently, so the carry cannon. Let's talk about the carry cannon. Oh, yep, great the KK carry yep. cannon. Yep. So... Uh, you were first up. I was Gary first Cannon. up. I was like the, the, the test, test subject. subject. Yeah. yeah. Way, way to be a hamster, Cam. Thank you. Thank you. The, this thing is a modified serving machine on rails at the net that just uh, fire, travels along the track, along the net, and just fires balls. It can tilt up and down to make it a deep shot or a short oh, shot. Okay. And it's controlled. It's a Franken server if you've ever seen one of those automatic I can see it from machine. a distance. Yeah. I, just, I, didn't know it. I knew it was going uh, lateral. I didn't know it could mm-hmm. move up and down. Yeah. But, so yeah. it's controlled. By the internet, you can log onto the website, and there's a webcam mounted on the top of the thing, and you got a live feed of whoever you're shooting at. So Texas Troll on our chat board was controlling the carry cannon all weekend. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> you know <laughs> is that, what? Is that what happened? <laughs> High possibility. Yeah. If, if you're first, are you the carry cannon canary? Ooh, is that nice. What you are with a K. Nice. All okay. K's. Nicely yeah. done by you. That, yeah. yeah. I don't know why they didn't spell the cannon. Is that my car alarm. It would have been. Yeah. Would have been great. Yeah. They didn't spell cannon with no, a K? No, it was, it was no. carry cannon normal. Oh, okay. I, thought they did. I thought they were going to. Dave lied to me. He was just going along with they it. They did not go for the alliteration. It so should have been that. So you were carry first cannon. up, Cam. I was first up. They didn't have the side-to-side movement working yet, So you're... but it was like a it was like a press event. Uh, the CEO of ASICS America was there. Carrie oh, nice. was there. They were talking, and there was uh, local media, a bunch of cameras, and we yeah. were there for media day, of course. And uh, they do their speeches. They introduce the thing. And then Carrie jokingly say, anyone want to try it? My hand goes right into the island. No, I am down. I'm in. She looks at me, really? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I turn around. <laughs> Everett, you have to film this for me. 
three seconds previous, Everett sees like a friend. Well, yeah, yeah. One of one of our Canadian teams had just shown up, and he tapped on my shoulder, being like, "Hey, what's hey, going on? I noticed what are you another Canadian here." Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was just like, "Secret Oh answer. yeah, we're yeah. gonna do this." And he's like, "Yeah, it looks like Cam's doing it right now. He's there with Carrie." And I turn around, and there's Cam with, you know, Carrie's got our camera right in his face, and I was like, so Carrie, there, so, so Carrie was filming the segment uh, for. She's like, "I'll great. film it." That is great. I'm just like, sure. So like, you guys can head on over to our site, volleyballsource.net. You can see the, the footage of me shanking every single ball because that thing goes fast. I, from my perspective, everybody, every time I looked over there, everybody was shanking it to the right. I don't know if it was coming out yeah. weird, but just for me, it looked like they were shanking it to the right. And then last night, I went out to dinner with some people from Volleyball Magazine and uh, Ed Chan, who's been a photographer in the sport for a long time, his wife showed me her lovely black eye that she got from the carry cannon. Oh, wow. Man. I mean, it, and it is, it's the perfect black eye. Because if she wouldn't have told me that it was a black eye, it literally looked like makeup. Like, okay. the way it was around her eye, it was perfectly just on top of her eyelid, a little bit to the right of the eye. Like, it didn't look like a black eye. If she just would have put that same color makeup on the other eye, they'd have been like, oh, that's just how you rolled today. But she took one right to the face. Yeah, the first one, too. And we asked if she stayed out there. She said, yeah, I stayed out there. Yeah, actually, Inside out the good rest. for her. Once again, one of, one of the Canadian players, once he was eliminated, Grant O'Gorman, he just decides to go in and he goes, I want it on 10. You know, I want it as fast like, as it can go. First one, packed. Yeah. Well, if you can't see the arm swing, yeah. you don't necessarily know. And, and when it, you're shuffling across the court, you don't know when it's going to come at you. That's not The thing, too, is like I seen, I think like it wasn't too, too refined in the software because... The idea is is that you go in there with a partner, you pass the ball, the partner sets, you have three hits, and then on the other side of the net, there are little numbers set up, and you get points depending on which number oh, you, you direct it, it to. Yeah. So you want to get towards the fives, the, yeah. higher, the higher points to get a better score. And so you should be at, while the ball is in play, the thing should be kind of on pause, and the guy can't fire again. But I seem like... No, it's, it's like rapid fire, shooting at you as you're trying to side out. Or like the thing, the thing is traveling <laughs> laterally, and then at the last second, like you're set up, and at the last second, it just tilts up, and like instead of being down here, yeah, it's at your face, at and face. you're just like, oh man, that's the best part. Did you have to sign a waiver before you did that? That's the thing. I did not sign a waiver. Maybe, but I noticed. W- yeah, when we went back, everyone else was signing waivers. Maybe perhaps black eye. Yeah, we'll have it on here in studio. Cam, I, what happened with your arm swing there? Yeah, Carrie Cannon with a speed. Oh man. There were the the first day they started that thing. It was so loud. I could hear that <laughs> guy's. I could no. I could hear the announcer out there. Oh, I could yeah. hear his voice clearer than Mark at the time, who was announcing, sitting right next to me and coming through those speakers. I was like, uh, yeah, someone's got to go over there and tell him, or I'm going to turn my stadium speakers facing him just to let him know my speakers are bigger than yours. <laughs> and yes, there was a pun in there somewhere. Gary yeah. Walsh is now manning your camera. You're about to step on the court. This can yes. be seen at This is also when course. I forgot the name of what it was Got called, it. even though it was on it, every it single everywhere. flag and branding item there. What day was this, Kim? This was the, the, the very first day of Tuesday. qualification. Oh, yeah. I wasn't there yet. I don't do qualifiers. Yeah. I like how you're wearing frog skins. That's my kind of like signature those. glass. I beat, I had those glasses for eight years, and I thought that I'll actually. Yeah, didn't we wait for them to come back around? Yeah, I, I wore frog skins in '92. Do you still I'm have not them? sure they were cool then. Oh, dude, you are close. There's Everett without the camera. You are really I love that Carrie is close. filming this for you. Yeah, when, that's we, fantastic. Whenever it gets back, there she is. There she you is. Can, <laughs> you can actually see her. We, cu- we synced up the cameras. 
So go to volley, I, volley source? Volleyballsource.net. Yeah. You can see it. We have a YouTube uh, oh, channel with all of our videos. We've been doing you know, daily highlights, interviews with the players, press conferences with the players. <laughs> Cam, I don't think, like it, I don't think any of these are playable. No, absolutely none of them Not are playable. <laughs> it was way faster Actually, and harder th- than this, I thought. This part right here is the funniest because she comes up and he goes, that's a lot faster than I thought it would be. And then they're like, okay, let's turn it up. And Cam's like, yep, let's go faster. <laughs> First of all, Carrie's standing in the danger zone right there, too, if you shank that right into her or, and or the camera. Yeah, I thought of that. I was just, man, if I... What if I ruined Carrie's tournament? If I ruined this tournament, <laughs> I am done. I uh, am not welcome back. Yeah, I didn't really see anybody out there like getting their hands up, digging with their hands. You know, if it's... Cause cause like, you just don't know where it's going to go, right? If, the, if it does that last minute tilt up and fires at your face, you're just... Yeah. You got it. But I, I did see one dude get a hand dig in there, but he was easily... 350 pounds. Nice. And, uh, he fell to his knees, and he was he was more protecting his face yeah. than anything. Just safety precaution. Yeah. So this was. Were you guys here last year Long Beach event? You yeah, were, I, oh, you I were. was. Everett. Yeah. Okay. Everett. So Everett, what was your impression of the Long Beach event? Being that you've been in some other of the international events around the world. Oh, I mean, it was, especially when you're rocking it on center court mm-hmm. the way it was um, yesterday, on Saturday, mm-hmm. and, on, and on Friday. It was. Unreal. Crowds were impressive on Friday. They, and they were even better. I mean, we were in, in the back. There was yep. a VIP section, and it was supposed to be for VIP and media only. Yeah. But by Saturday, they had so many people, and they had no more room. They had to open it up to yep. the general public. And it was so deep that there was you know, probably five or six rows of people watching the court, and then three or four more rows behind turned the other way watching the match on the screen. Yeah, because they couldn't see you over the people, yeah, so they turn around and watch it. Exactly. That's funny. It was fantastic. Like I, I was here last year. Yep. And I know, like we talked that the Friday crowds, especially this year, way bigger than the Friday cr- crowds of last of year. Last year. Mm-hmm. And just in general, uh, the matches, especially on finals day, center court, semis, unbelievable kind of vibe and environment and feeling. Geeter just. Absolutely killing it. Yeah, Geeter was. Where's that guy? I mean, but, but actually, he's on vacation he, now. All yeah, he's yeah. on vacation. He tweeted uh, not too long ago that the, they're just uh, taken off. But uh, I mean, and it's not just a tournament. And I've been I, I've been to the other events where it's, it's just the volleyball, and yeah, it's fun. Yeah. But the fact that you go in and there's the six man, there's the four man, there's you know the high performance championships going on. There's there's so it's a volleyball festival. Yeah. You know, and it, it's not just you know the Long Beach Grand Slam. But it's it's all encompassing, yeah. And it's it's a fantastic thing to have, and it was just such a good energy and and vibe to have, not only in the stadium but on the whole entire beach. It was kind of funny to me on Friday was when everything was over in the main court, and they were setting up for having a couple of artists out there. They already had Ryan Cabrera out there between matches. Mm-hmm. They were having a Magic was up first. Yeah, Bleachers and then Magic. <laughs> bleachers and then Magic. So while Bleachers is playing, I look over the outside of the stadium. And there's still matches going on. There's two courts still occupied by the tournament, not the six-man or four-man. Yeah. But, but the Latvians are still active. Yeah. We've got a concert still, going they're on. They're still trying court. to side out. Yeah. Yeah. To, be, to be honest, like I, I went out there as well because you know, we were taking shots and shooting videos and all that. And it just added to the vibe. Because you could was, hear everything clear as day on the outer courts yeah. as if you were on stadium court. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, but, and there was still a decent – there was still a fantastic crowd out there. I mean, there was – what was it? When we were watching Lauren Fendrick's game, they were on court one, so it's the first court outside, right next to stadium. Excuse me, outside of stadium. 
huge sea of people just wrapped around that whole court. We couldn't even get close enough to get footage. Oh, nice. It was just, it was unbelievable. It's hard. I mean, obviously, I've been with a domestic tour a long time, and it's fun. It's just, it's hard to duplicate the energy of USA versus any other country. Right. Um, there was talk. Obviously, there was a potential for you know USA versus USA in on the men's side in the finals. And Gator and I were talking, and obviously that would be awesome. But crowd-wise, would they have been as loud and vocal yesterday? Right. If it was USA versus USA, as opposed to not. You know, would they have been as ruckus? Would they have been as loud? Would they have been as enthusiastic? Like, who was Garthoff going to cheer for? And, Every yeah. time and the ball you, hits the ground, he would just have to chant USA. And if you're excited about the final, could you tolerate there being one player on each team who was just completely professional, focused, <laughs> unyielding of emotion at all? Could you, could you handle that? Well, because you had the Raiders there, so they could, you know, they, they make Phil. But would they be, even be there if Sean... Like, what if Sean and Phil didn't even make the final? Uh, the Raiders, that's would, true, the Raiders, Raiders would be seen at, uh, what is it, Long Beach Gold, California Gold, where it was you guys were drinking with the big heads. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Supermax? Supermax. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. exactly where they would have been. I mean, well, I mean it, it, was, it was a great atmosphere, and I mean, at, at certain points, big points, every time an American touched the ball, they would chant, you, S, yes. A, yeah. for, the, for the three touches, which, you know, I've only ever seen online watching matches from Poland. I've only ever seen that in, indoor as well yeah. for the men's national team. I've never seen it on the be- or heard right. it on the beach. But that must be Matt Gardhoff. No doubt. Gardhoff needs to get paid. You're listening yeah. to The Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. want to make sure we thank our sponsors for providing this show to you. 6-8 Clothing Company has come on in a big way. They are a casual clothing company designed for tall men by a tall man. Why is it important? Anyone can make a pair of jeans longer. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. But what about those little things? Only a tall man thinks about. How about the size of pockets, Jeremy? You don't want mini pockets? We don't have carny or hands. Gigant. We don't have tiny hands and smell like cabbage. What are you, right? you trying to say? At, at, five, nine and a half clothing, at, at five, nine and a half clothing, you can <laughs> have tiny little pockets. <laughs> at six, eight clothing, they take care of you. A pocket is bigger. It is deeper for the large hands to get in and out without having to call 911 for assistance. Just one of the little things that makes 6-8 Clothing Company different. Dress well, live tall. 6-8 Clothing Company, available online at 6-8clothingcompany.com. That is with the number 8 or on Amazon.com. Put it in TNL10. It gets 10% off your order with them. And remember, that's not just, hey, oh, I'm not 6-8. I don't need it. No, if you're six foot three to six foot eight and a little bit above, seven foot you want to order these things if you know someone who is that size who has a hard time finding casual clothing that fits they have xl xlt xl xt that's extra tall so if you have the torso of michael phelps plastered on a six eight body you will like their clothing go ahead and check them out if you're just tuning into the net live it's kevin barnett and jeremy roche holding it down with our special canadian brethren cam kerr and everett delorme Delorum. Yeah, Delorum. It's, it's actually French. I so. want to start Delorum. calling it Delorme. It's Delorme. Delorme. That sounds better. <laughs> like, hey, now. It's going to so, be a thing now. Those are the voices you're hearing. We'll be right back on the show with a little bit more. We, of course, have John Sparaw coming up, and we will have more random moments, interviews, and I'm sure reflections upon our time in the LBC. I need to get some music for the reflection segment.
Magazine for providing a home for our show, and you can get us via iTunes if you're not listening live or on demand via the player. Get out there and check out Volleyball Magazine. Taylor Sanders on the cover, their August issue, and they're doing a nice job of kind of moving the timeline up. It used to be this was way far behind, but really about a month a month back, I mean, they have good pictures from a lot of the AVP St. Pete, from yep. the Long Beach Volbecue arrival. There's, That's a great photo, by the way. Oh, it's fantastic. Paul Lottman exiting the bus with much joy on his face because of the fans. And his Trader Joe's bag. That were present, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul, you, you, they give out duffel bags. I think Mizuno has duffel bags. Doesn't somebody, uh, should somebody be carrying your bags for you? Uh, no, nah, Paul Lottman? Yeah, maybe. No. Maybe a rookie ought to be doing that. Uh, I dominated that issue, too, by the way. There's my music article in there. Then there's, there's our ad with my headshot. And then there's my barbecue recap. I like their, their preseason power here. They have some good nutritional articles. This is more, they're trying to service a, a wide variety of things here in volleyball. So it's not just uh, one group of people. They have the boys' high school All-Americans. They talk about top recruiting classes mm-hmm. for the college women. They're really staying on top of it here. Uh, this team, Jake Arnitz, TJ DeFalco, Hayden Bollet, that's uh, Michael Bollet's son, Colby Harriman, Evan Enriquez, Kyle D'Agostino, that's a great name, by the way. How, uh, how often do issues come out? They have... I think there's not, ten? Ten a year? Or nine? Nine or... I think it's ten now. Yeah, ten it's issues, not quite ten, monthly. Ten it's yeah. close, though. Uh, good magazine. Check it out. There's a lot of great information in there. If you are a casual fan, a hardcore fan, whatever you are, check out Volleyball Magazine. And congrats to Megan, 
who's now running the magazine. Megan Kaplan. Yep. Yep. Good friend of ours, good friend of the show. Had dinner with her last night. Very good. Did she, now that she's running the thing, did she pick up the check? She should have, right? Kevin did. Yeah, when we went true. out. TNL picked up the check on Friday. Yep. Look, they, they uh, spent all of their budget on just getting her out here, so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to say thanks, uh, thanks for the hat to Skippy. Yeah, Skippy. Down there, Guardhouse buddy. Thanks, buddy. Skiff. Like and the LBC hat. For those of you who may not right know Skippy. You do. You do you if you watch. The name. If you do, if you watch the NBC broadcast, because yes. he was the one in the full onesie American flag. Yes. <laughs> the stars and stripes. Yes. You cannot miss Zip him. Up. Onesie. Yeah. With the matching hat. Yeah. Correct. And when I say onesie, I mean there's a zipper in the back. That's the only way in and out of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Skippy. Appreciate it. Down with good free stuff. Uh, we need to address a controversy Uh-oh. in the volleyball world. Uh oh. This is something that came <laughs> up. Controversy in the volleyball world, Kevin? Controversy in the volleyball I mean, it, it has seemed like it's all rainbows and ponies as of late. It has seemed like we're talking to Leon Fell last week, or more like Leon Fell is talking to us, uh, about the grassroots things and how well that area is going. We it's not see. kittens and candles all the time. Uh, right now, Geeter, it is. Uh, it has been really nice for volleyball. AVP doing well from all reports that we hear. Yep. The Long Beach event, huge success. Mm-hmm. Men win World League. Women just started Grand Prix, ranked second in the world, coming off of a four-match series wins over in the USA Cup over number one-ranked Brazil. Lots of great stuff happening. But there was something posted about two weeks ago that caused some controversy in the volleyball world. It was actually put on our site, Jeremy. I'm not sure by whom. It was a fine bit of graphic work, but I'm not sure who put it up there. It wasn't Garthoff. It said uh, the Net Live. It kind of promoted our show, and then it said it was the world's only volleyball podcast. Yeah, that's, uh, it turns out not to be true. Not? No, it's no, not. It is not. <laughs> is there another one from... Uh, are there some Latvians that were putting together a show? I don't know where the other one comes oh, from. Oh, look at you guys. You got the anthem and everything. I mean... Hang on. What? Why aren't you standing at yeah, Maple Leaf Attention? Yeah. Should we, should we stand well, there up? is no flag in here. So, no flag. Yeah. We, we don't really do the hand over the heart thing, yeah. but that's very kind. I feel very, oh, so welcome. And like, I mean, it's... There is a Canadian podcast there I've is? heard of. Where is Canada? Allegedly. Where is Canada? Canada? Yeah. I, it's near Sarah Palin's house. Can't she see oh, it from the okay. balcony or yeah, something? Yeah, she can. That yeah. was Russia, but okay. <laughs> Their anthem is still going. It's the long one. This is why the FIVB limits things to 45 seconds. Perfect. Yeah. Did they do that? The thing is with... I don't know. The anthem I play is a minute and a half. Basically, it ends right now. You cut off the last like, five seconds of our anthem. Now, normally when I hear that anthem, it is quickly followed by a resounding USA victory in an important match. Ooh, oh, burn. That's right into what this. happens. Burn. Right into Kevin. this. Burn. So the controversy is we think we're the only podcast. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Or whoever made that. Whoever made wonderful that. Wonderful bit of graphic, graphic art. Fantastic made, graphic art. Made, made the... Uh, Our the new ad that's going in Volleyball Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we should do is we should get all of our viewers to, to write letters complaining. Yeah. You should. Yeah. <laughs> Just have them. Um, Kevin's email all, address All four of our viewers. Kevin at <laughs> gmail.com. That'd be a four on four. We could hold a, a less than six man tournament. For yeah, that. exactly. So if there is any Volleyball Source viewers uh, listening right now, because we did tweet out and Facebook and whatever else. 
please write into the net live. Please crush it. The us. net live at gmail.com. Yeah, just yeah. absolutely Showing crush your us. displeasure. Yes. Yeah. With, uh, How dare you? And I, w- <laughs> I want maple leaves all over the email. Just cut and paste maple leaves all over the thing. Maple leaf emojis? <laughs> all over. Do I need to be like Tony Kornheiser at the end of Pardon the Interruption where he's waving the Canadian flag? Good night, Canada. Canada. Yeah. Good night, he Canada. said something about them one time, they got mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually intended to poke fun at us because it does have it does say the world's best volleyball podcast, and that's crossed out and says only. Insinuating that, yeah. We... And then that should be crossed out and says in the United States. In the U- yeah. <laughs> only in the United States. So, yeah, we'll, we'll try and quell said controversy. But, yes, we have a show. Yeah, tell people a little bit about your show, Cam. That, I mean, obviously, they've heard us talk about it on the show, and you've called in before. But tell, tell our listeners uh, how they can uh, listen to you guys. Yeah, well... You can uh, listen and watch. Oh, that's yeah. oh, oh. Never mind. Let me mute them, Kevin. They're, <laughs> they're better than we are. We uh, they take oh. over the Canadian broadcasting studios at night. <laughs> they just break in. That that was the, the pirate, best. Radio. pirate radio. I love that. It was fantastic. Right. But unfortunately, we uh, I guess they caught on to us. They changed, <laughs> they changed the locks. We are no longer in the CBC. We are now but, on Cam's couch. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we have a, a studio space of our own. Yes, we um, do. It's just we've been on the road so far. We haven't yeah. had a, an episode in forever. Everett was doing all the Canadian World League stops. Mm-hmm. But the podcast is called the Volleyball Source Podcast. You can find the audio version on iTunes. You can find the video version on YouTube. And, of course, it's on our website at volleyballsource.net. But, you know, we have, of course, a, a Canadian focus, but we talk a lot about the international game. And when Canada's playing all these international teams, um, you know, we, we talk about all those teams as well. I think when I called in from the Netherlands and you asked kind of what is the breakdown of what I like to cover at these events, it's pretty much the same as on the show. I like to cover the Canadians as much as I can or until they're out of the tournament. So half a day? Oh, really? Okay. Really, Kevin? Go I will it was, come it over was that a rough, it, was a, it was a rough week for uh, Canadians. This was a bad tournament. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was not a, a good showing for us, unfortunately. But yeah, after, you know, after the Canadians, naturally... Uh, the Americans, quite frankly, yeah. just because of the the same language proximity. Yeah, we're, we're your neighbors. Yeah, we're neighbors. Yeah. It's it's easy. A lot of our a lot of our viewers on on our site and people who subscribe to our YouTube channel are from the states, so they want to see that and they've been asking for more American coverage. And we're looking to expand to uh, more international coverage as well, not just be like Canadian only because we're really not. And I mean, at the end of the day, if we're going to be you know pull a Matt Gardhoff, we want to grow the game, and we can't just focus. And you know, it's not. It's not like there's much going on in the U.S. either in terms of volleyball media. I mean, there's there's you guys, yeah. there's Dig, there's volleyball magazine. So right, there's a few and just things, just, a, just another entity talking about because we do talk about NCAA. You know, Cam every year uh, does a fantastic job doing our uh, bracket challenge mm-hmm. for the NCAA tournament. Challenge, yeah, challenge, challenge, and we like every year it gets bigger and bigger, and we have hundreds of hundreds yeah. of people submitting brackets. And oh, every fantastic. year I always forget to submit a bracket. And Cam, how is that how is that possible? <laughs> you have to you have to get it in by the certain time. Yeah. And average is and yeah. It, Literally, I made the bracket, and I was just like, I'm going to sit on it, I'm going to think on it, and send it in later. And, yeah, I just never sent it in. <laughs> it's, like every, it's like everyone's screenplay here in L.A. They're still thinking on it. They're not yeah. sending it anywhere, yep. but they're thinking about it. They're still making notes. Well, I'm going to go ice my knuckles if anyone else wants to take over the you show. Were <laughs> still hurting? Yeah, my hand's a mess now. That story was like an hour ago. I know. We've, we've had issues here in L.A. I don't know if people watch the news. We had lightning strikes yesterday. It was like Florida Crazy. around here. It was, uh, it was really a freak thing. Even listening to the radio on the way over here, like lightning at the beach is 
an extremely rare occurrence. Like never it ha- happens. It'll happen out at sea overnight, blah blah, but not during the day. Right. Well, we were in Long. It rained yesterday during the tournament in Long Beach. It poured was, between. Uh, the only reason I knew it rained, Kevin, was because the entire stadium turned around and told Geeter and I. It's raining. Thank God for them, because I never would have known it was <laughs> raining. I appreciate the entire stadium. Tur- it's raining. Oh, it was, okay. It's raining. Is it was drizzling. I love, it was little. misting on you. Yeah. yeah. I love there was Geeter's response too. Yeah, he's like, okay, thanks. You're not gonna melt. Still like 90 degrees out there. You're We've fine. We've been in worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. He hurricane. Got, yeah. He yeah. got all. He got all into it. 2001. There was yeah. a while though. Just looking, Tahoe. looking north up on the beach, that it looked like you know it was going to get ugly. You yeah, could see light, lightning cloud. strike off in the distance. Um, I was concerned that I was on a metal platform. Very high in the air. air. Yeah, very high in the air. But at least I wasn't the tallest person. I just shrunk in my chair a little bit, sitting next to Geeter, so he would get it before I did. Kevin Wong would probably... Kevin would have got it first, too, yeah. that's for sure. Did you have your canary nearby? Was Nick Lucena anywhere close? No, I did not have Nick to sprint stick. off the court, and as soon as I see that, I leave. And he did that in St. Pete a couple uh, years ago. and tournament, The refs hadn't even called it yet, but Nick ran off the court, and I was like, that's, that's my cue. Yeah, in Venice, they had a couple of lightning strikes, one out in the water and one closer to the beach, one that actually knocked some volleyball players down who were playing, and people said that they hurt. They felt the left side of their body go numb and Can't, fell yeah. over and looked up, and some other people were over, and one guy ended up dying who was out in the water. I think it was the guy from the water. They were the two most badly injured people. And, of course, it's a freak thing. No one could even remember... Something like this ever happening, especially not in the summer. Like we'll get lightning very occasionally in the winter when we have big storms. Yeah. But even then, it is rare. Rare, very rare. Now to have it in the summer and have it raining because I drove between San Diego and here yesterday, it was legit pouring. I heard it was pouring in like San Diego. Georgia pouring. Yeah. Between here and there, I went to the Potato Shack in Encinitas. That was good. But <laughs> side on, note. on side note, side note, <laughs> on the way north, it, it was dumping. Uh, but now I, I just can't wait for the. Legislation that's going to show up now to keep people out of the keep water, out of the water in yeah. the event of dark clouds. Well, with like, the this shar- is a freak incident. With the sharks and the lightning, I mean, you can't even go to the beach anymore. Jeez. Wait for the mudslides and lack of water. Yeah. But, like, quite frankly, like, legislation is not going to fix anything. We, like, right before we left, it's we had... nature. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nature doesn't listen to you, law. Correct. Right before we left, there was uh, lightning struck in uh, just north of Toronto. Uh, hit some golfers. Mm. And obviously, on a golf course, yeah. when you're holding a metal club Correct. in a wide open area, they have rules for this stuff. They have a lightning horn, and they were following the protocol. They were following, you know, like the rules of that course. Yeah. They they were on their way back in after they had heard the lightning horn, and they got hit on the way back. Oh, man, was it a preacher and a groundskeeper? <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> Why, Kevin? No, no one's with me here? No. no. Not one person is with you. Caddyshack, look it up, fools. It's no, good. having the game of his life? No. Carl Spackler, yeah, caddy? No, I'm with you. I'm, wi- I'm with you. Yeah. Some people don't understand me. That's all right. <laughs> I appreciate it. But yeah, like, to be honest, is, is anyone's attitude going to change? There are apparently no, what sharks they'll do, people, but what they'll do is they'll, as soon as there's a storm in the area, they'll make all the lifeguards get everybody out of the water. You watch. Within, within this week, some Sacramento individual, somebody will bring up some law, some statute, something that says everyone's got to get out of the water anytime there are dark clouds. It's just it's going to happen because we, but here's for some reason, have to legislate every last crazy Possible incident. But here's the thing: there's always dark clouds by the beach because it's called the marine layer. 
Every morning when oh, I wake up, there's the marine layer. So it's like when you first move to California, you see these dark clouds. You're like, oh, it's going to pour today. That was Because that's what you're used to. You're used to that. You're like, oh, look at those clouds. It's definitely going to pour. People are like, what are you talking about? Well, the person's it's not ever, It's not ever going to rain ever. My phone said while it was raining in Long Beach, yeah. 0% chance of rain today. Right. While, it was, while the crowd was telling me it was raining, my phone <laughs> said 0% chance. Those just weird things happen. Yeah. Deal with it. Those dark clouds in the morning threw us off. Yeah, We're you're like, to that. do I need to bring my rain gear? Those clouds in Canada, I, I had the rain coat yeah, in my bag. Yeah. Really? It's like, oh, it's going to be raining today. Like, well, well, I'm used to Stad. I would say the last event you were at every day, day of right. the week, yeah. yeah. No, it was like Florida around here yesterday. That's how it was. That's how it goes. You get the tropical clouds, the dark, the rain, the light. It's Florida. Yeah. 60% chance it's already raining. Yeah. <laughs> a buddy of mine, actually the, the friend who I started uh, the, the podcast with originally has this idea that he wants to uh, rate weathermen on their oh, accuracy oh, and oh. have a website where you are uh, all your predictions and the actual weather is graphed and charted so that, you know, let's say Toronto can claim we have the country's number one weatherman. He is the most accurate because, let's be honest... That is a profession. That, but the, the, the weather. I would do it in California. Go ahead. The weatherman. Do they actually know much about weather? Because Some of I, them do not. Some I, of them know, are not yeah. meteorologists. I, I know one guy. Yeah. You mean the five foot nine in stiletto heels with double D's? <laughs> she doesn't know much about weather. Is that what? That is She's not, not a professional. That she may be, Kevin. I don't know her credentials. It's intriguing. If you're going to be one, though, Southern California is the best one because eight months out of the year, you can pretty much say the same thing. It's going to be 72 and sunny at the beaches. It will be downtown about 85, and in the deserts, we're expecting 95 to 100. Just record that and put it on loop. And yes. put and yeah. just put a different outfit on, record it over and over again. They could show one every single day, and then you get closer to the winter months. Then you come in, and you have to start looking at you know the uh, radar and stuff like that just in case there's rain. You do have to change your name to Johnny Mountain or Dallas Rains. Or Fritz Coleman. Fritz. Why? He's a weirdo. Every time I see Dallas or Fritz on Fritz TV, I yell, I yell at Nicole. Because I'm upset that they changed their names to that. Why would you do that? He changed his name to Fritz Coleman. There's no way his real name is Fritz Coleman. He could be Fritz Coleman. No. Dallas Reigns, no way. Neither, there's yeah. no way either one of them that is their what about Johnny Mountain? government name that their parents gave them when they were born. But Johnny Mountain? Nope. Not by no? Nope. I know a kid in the neighborhood here, is, his last name is Bird. Kid's name, his parents' name is Thunder. No joke. It's awesome. Kid's name is Thunderbird. Really? Northwest. Kanye. Uh, okay, I heard a story Apple, about that, though. Fiona. I don't think that that's actually the real name. The real name. They just call her North? No, because the kid, when they enroll, same with Blue Ivy Carter, Jay-Z. And oh, like in kids, school and stuff? In school and records, things that are public, they don't want the real name to get out, so they don't want people to... Uh, I, I mean, mean that Blanket, would make, Blanket that, Jackson is not the kid's real name? Actually, that probably a is. A name that they give out to the media Yeah, that is just... Gotcha. Uh, I mean, that would make sense. I, I get it. That would make a sense. A decoy. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. That would make sense. I would hope so because Northwest. Came, yeah. Come on. Or Apple. This has been Weather and Celebrities brought to you by <laughs> Internet Live. Yeah. Here on Global Magazine. Guard off on the chat board. If you didn't get the weather right, you must not be doing a good job. <laughs> Thanks to Everett. <laughs> Delorm. Delorm. There we go. Delorm and Cam Kerr. Delorme. See, you could, you could be on the Green Mile if we did that, right? Yeah. Edward Delacroix. <laughs> and Edward Delamay. i got to start putting the uh, accent on the end of your name Delormay. in yeah. our lower thirds on well, the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it.
love it. Hey, uh, what what does the Canadian national team have coming up for World Championships and so on the men's side? What or the women's side? What do you guys have as preparation? We have the USA Cup, and of course the women have Grand Prix, and already had USA Cup. Um, well, our our women are just just finished our first weekend of Grand Prix mm-hmm. uh, this past weekend down in uh, Lima, Peru. Didn't go all that well. We went 0-3, mm-hmm. uh, losing 3-1 to Peru, uh, 3-1 to uh, Poland, and then 3 nothing to Belgium. Um, they are, they're still building up. They're in a rebuilding phase, much younger team. So being in a Grand, Grand Prix, it's the first time for them since 2002. So it's a brand new experience. They're there to, they're to learn. Um, they, they did qualify for the World Championships. That happened back in, in May. When in you were at the Hershey Center there? Yeah, yeah and I was yeah. on the roof. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Cam, Cam actually called into the show in the middle of one of our broadcasts. <laughs> I from, didn't realize it was from the, the roof, the right? Yeah. Legitimately yeah. from the roof. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Um, and so they're doing our, our men. Um, they kind of got a little beat up during World League. Yeah. Uh, a, a few um, injuries to a few key players. I mean, our setter, Dustin Schneider, got injured. Left side guard, Perrin, got injured. Middle blocker, Rudy Verhoof. Um, uh, there was talks of doing a, a European tour before the World Championships mm-hmm. to you know get a few exhibition matches in and all that stuff. I'm not sure where they are at with that because, I mean, towards the end of World League, we were down in the depth chart with the guys we were using. We were yeah. using guys, you know, number 17 and 18 on the depth chart. And, uh, so we'll have to see. We'll have to confirm with Volleyball Canada that that is actually the case. But no, both teams have qualified for the World Championships. And, uh, I mean, especially our, our men, we're really excited to see what can come about. Last, last uh, time around, kind of disappointing. I mean, we beat Serbia and then lose to Germany and don't even make it out of the first round. So, I mean, we've been doing... Up and down, up and down. Yeah. yeah. A little rebuilding for you is what you're saying. Well, it's, it's, it's the end of that rebuilding stage with our men's team, mm-hmm. and we're, we're making, taking that next step. You know, everyone really thought last year Norseco's was going to be our chance to really finally grab our first Norseco gold Yeah, you home. jerks. <laughs> you know, Langley, just outside of Vancouver, Stuck unfortunately it. didn't happen. But when it matters, yeah. I mean, Cam and I have been following. Uh, Cam and I have been following the team basically since 2011, and to watch the growth from 2011 when we didn't even win the Pan Am Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, we lost to the Brazilian military team. <laughs> I heard they're legitimate though. Well, yeah. I mean, they had they like play. they had Anderson, they, I mean, they had guys who play. And they probably had open. guns too because yeah. they're in the military. So yeah. that's, that's not fair. Yeah. Intimidation. Yeah. I mean, like it, 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 it's former guys who played for Brazil who just now play for the military team. Yep. You know, Anderson and 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 whatnot. Um, but to watch them come through those stages and where we are now uh, as our, our men's national team has been really fun. And that's why this year was kind of frustrating is because we've been improving kind of in leaps and bounds over the past, the past few years, you know, we were now, coming off such a high last year in world yeah. league when we defeated Russia yeah, I mean, in finals. And yeah. the, no, we didn't get to move on because of the way the, the port out with Brazil, but that was a huge big win. And, and, for us. and I mean, that, that's not it. I mean, you go back to 2010, 2011 in the World Championships, or 2010, uh, 10 in the World Championships, and where we, we beat Serbia. Yep. Um, you know, we beat Cuba two or three times now, and I mean, in the semifinals in Norseka, like we destroyed them. It wasn't even close. Smashing. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we beat Brazil back in 2012, so we're beating those bigger teams. And, and we're starting to make an, uh, not starting to make a name for ourselves. I mean, we have. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gavin Schmidt is an is an international superstar. He's one of the best right sides in the world. 
but it's just making that next jump, like Iran has done recently, yep. at jumping into that, that next elite level. Uh, and that's what kind of ups- upset us with World League this year, is because it, our understanding from last year is that if you won that second group, you would be moved in pool A or B into, oh, gotcha. into that top group. But because, and if you look now, the FIVB states, if they meet the FIVB standards and requirements, right? So it's basically... If we decide you're worthy enough yeah, for us. It, it's basically how big your TV contract is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you going all Menzel over there? Yeah. <laughs> money, money. Yeah. So it, 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 it's tough where we have to continue. I mean, we've played Finland three years in a row now. It'd be in, in our pool forever. In, in <laughs> we know them well. Yeah. Hi, Miko Ivan. We're, we're all BFF. Yeah, man. Yeah. The Finland national team clash of clan game is unbelievable. <laughs> Their clan is ridiculous. See, what I want to see is a team Finland clash of clans versus the volley clan. Have like, you guys heard of the volley clan? Head. No. The volley clan and clash of clans? All oh. the guys on the beach world tour. And we have uh, some videos uh, that we've shot this week, and some of the guys bring it up. But they are all in the same clan on the mobile game clash of clans. Jeremy plays. I do. You play. should be in the volley clan. Then. I know. They were trying to recruit me. I have. I would dominate them. Up. My my village is legit right now. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> they got wizard towers. I got all kinds of things. But <laughs> yeah, it, we should see a uh, team Finland versus the volley clan. Yeah. Have a little. Battle. I don't know how numbers would compare, right? If it's just the Finnish national team, is it is it is it the twelve guys? Is it the full twenty two man roster? <laughs> All I know it, is that it, I asked Miko if he wanted to join my clan, and he said no. Just flat <laughs> out. Then I'm good. And this was denied this was my, a, this my was request a podcast to join well. his clan. To join, he's like, mm, nah, I'm, I'm we good. Were, we were interviewing Canadian Dallas Junius from his hotel room in China, where he was playing pro this year. Yeah. And Miko was just like on the bed, hanging out. Like, on they, they were teammates. And yeah, he was just, so yeah, he was just there. You're like, oh, Clash Clans, can I join your clan? Yeah. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Too many mouths to feed. Well, Kevin wants your guys' Canadian team to be better so we can have a real rivalry. I would like that, too. Uh, yeah, I would love it. I mean... Uh, right now, I think it's just consistency and depth. Yeah. Maybe maybe there's, like we mentioned earlier before with, with uh, Carrie and April, maybe there's a bit of a, an intimidation factor. You know, how long has, you know, how long has the U.S. been number one in Norseka and Canada has been, you know, below? We were, we were behind Cuba for a number of years mm-hmm. through 99... After that, started to beat Cuba. Yeah. Well, uh, Cuba kind right of 99 now. and then on the way. And Cuba has fallen apart from what they once were, what they used to be. But and when I, you guys were third at that point. But that was a really nice generation of players for you guys. Mm-hmm. Hall Dane, Durden, Grapentine, uh, Brinkman towards the end of that. Outsides, you had a lefty outside. You had Dougie Bruce setting. The Bruce! The Bruce <laughs> is not to be harmed! It's just... Who are your outsides? You had a lefty outside, kind of crazy. Uh, Short last name. I would know better than I. Lefty guy. Anyways, you guys had a pretty good group of yeah. players, but then that's kind of fallen apart. Yeah. So Dan it, Lewis is still playing libero, has since 1975. Yeah. So we're, 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 we're rebuilding now, yeah. and uh, we, we have been since 2007, and it's really come along. I mean, Gord Perrin, uh, I remember Reed talked to, about him last year before Norseekas. Yeah, you guys have some good players. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's it, and it's... Uh, there's a few guys, older guy. Brinkman's still in the system. He's still there training in the gym. You know, you just mentioned Dan Lewis. But other than that, the majority of the team is, is under, you know, 28 years old. Good. Well, that bodes well for the future. Yeah, it, it, the only problem for you is that the U.S. team is also, like, 
20 years old at this point. Yeah. 22. Well, Cuba's kind of out of the picture, but it's you and the U.S. for Norseka at this point. That's exactly why we thought last year, you know, I was like, I thought on. you guys were going to be really good last year. I thought so, too. I, I was like, Micah Christensen is, is setting. This kid's 20. Like, there's yeah, no God, way he's going to be able to college. handle it. But he is unreal. And Taylor Sander. That's ridiculous. MVP, bro. Yeah. What, what do you think about Taylor Sander coming into world championships? Now that teams have seen him, seen, have footage on him now from it's be different. League. Yeah? Well, they, it's be different. they will adjust. But they will adjust, and we'll see how Taylor adjusts. But he has some pretty good balance in that team. There's good balance with Matt on the other side, so you can't just gang up on Taylor. Plus, the ability to run the middle, and I think Micah forgets about the middle too much, which just happens. It's no giant criticism of Micah. If, you, if you're a young setter, you just get into that rhythm of like, okay, I've got to go outside, 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 and then you get a perfect pass. Okay, now middle. Mm-hmm. You've got to stay out of that rhythm. And it's just hard to do. It's hard to be in the moment that way, and Micah will get there because I think the two middles, the way Dave Lee is playing and the way Max Holt has come along offensively, you got to set those guys. You got to, and, and once you do that, now you have the complete package. It's not a case of having some young talent come in, and he's got to carry the whole thing. It's not a, a Pasquale situation, you know, a Rafael Pasquale from Spain years and years ago. He was the best player, but you knew he was getting fifty or sixty attempts, and the next highest guy was twenty. Or Hector Soto from Puerto Rico a few years Another ago. Another good one. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Where you're coming in, you know, Soto's going to have forty-five attempts. The next highest guy's going to be eighteen. <laughs> to be honest, we, we have kind of get in that issue once, once in a while with, with Gavin Schmidt on the right side. Yeah. And I mean, he's such, a, he's such a beast, and you can just toss a, a high-looping set to the right side of the C-ball, and he can just swing OT and hit to that one six seam and, and score quite, quite a bit, right? And he just has that mentality, you know, give me the ball, give it to me now. And I find sometimes, and, and I know Glenn Hogue, our, our head coach, has been frustrated with it once in a while, is that we just get into that rhythm where, you know, yeah, he has a 25-point game, but we only have one other guy who gets into double digits. Yeah. And that isn't going to work once we start playing the U.S. When we start Long term, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of those things this year in, in World League. And I could see that, you know, they were doing things that weren't necessarily working. But World League this year for them is, I mean, do you want to win World League or do you want to win the World Championships? Right? And if you can do both, that that's fantastic, but U.S. is going to just say so you no. Know. Yeah. you know what? With the way they, the way they played, the way Sander was playing, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. there was it was definitely it was definitely made clear right from the get go that World League look World League isn't our focus. And then if we don't make the final round like last year, like last year, you know it's not a big deal because it was a grueling schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean our pool. our guys Always were is. our guys were on the on the road for. Six weeks in a row, had to... All the way to Australia at the end, right? Yeah, I, I mean, a weekend in Canada, Ugh. then to Belgium, back to Canada for two weekends in a row, then Finland and Australia. Had we won our pool, we would have stayed in Australia for that, and then we would have had to gone straight to Italy if we won that. It, it, it would have been ludicrous. You know, it wouldn't have been able... People listening, like, oh, that sounds like a great vacation. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's... And it's all inclusive. Yeah, you true that. <laughs> Lodging and food, <laughs> especially with the bick. You know, I I was at practice quite a few times, and Glenn was really, you know, we're working on the bick. That's what we want to focus on. Yeah. And you saw early on, you know, they were forcing it, forcing it, forcing it. It wasn't working. And towards the end of World League, well, I, I wouldn't say towards the end of World League, because towards the end of World League, it was basically our B team out there. Yeah. You know, we, I think we had 
five or six guys get their first ever international action in, in, in World League. Uh, so, but we, we could start seeing those, those small things get it clicking and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, they've had some time off. They're actually back in the gym today. Um, As is the U.S. Yeah, so, you know, I'm really excited to see what happens with the, with the World Championships. Awesome. I'm still hoping, crossing my fingers, that uh, Volleyball Canada will, will send me and get to go. But uh, Yeah, Volleyball Canada. Yeah. Who, send Everett. Who can I talk to? Who do you want yeah. me to talk to? Well, because the, the, uh, the FIVB pays for a... A, 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 a media representative yeah. to travel with the team. Really? Oh, yeah. nice. Huh, strange how I've never gone yeah. to World Championships yet. Very interesting. John Spraw. Yeah, John. Oh, wait. I'm going to put him on blast later when he's on the show here. We still have John Spraw coming here on the net live. We look forward to hearing from him. We'll catch him right after practice as they yeah. have started practice. And for this new second half of the season, World League, the first half, mm-hmm. now it's going to start with USA Cup, then on into World Championships. So we will have John Spraw. And just after the break, we'll have Lori Okamura, new president of USAV. Ran into her on the beach there, shot a little audio with her, so you'll get a chance to hear from the new president of USAV. And the structure, it's a pretty important position. So we'll hear from her. More to come here on the Net Live.
Welcome back to the Mint Live here on Volleyball Magazine. Volleyball Magazine, their support of this program as well as 68 Clothing Company. Go ahead and check them out, 68clothingcompany.com for anyone you know who is 6'3 and above looking for stylish, well-fitting clothes. Kevin Barnett, Jeremy Roche holding down the home court and playing host to our Canadian brethren from Volley Source, the podcast up there and website that you want to check out if you're a fan of volleyball, Cam Kerr and Everett Delorme. Delorme, that's it. It's actually it's actually Delhomme. It's French. Delhomme. Delhomme. So I just dropped the R. Delhomme. Delhomme. Sure. See, I can't do that. I'm yeah. not. Here. <laughs> you gotta roll that R. I, it's like I can't say shirt. I can't say shirt in uh, Italian. Malia. Is it? It's something like that. It's, there's a couple of where it's like a a G and an L together, and I can't say it right. It's just one of those sounds I'm not equipped to make. But if you're, and the Italians will make fun of me for it. Go ahead, say it again. Uh huh. Uh huh. So here's the interesting part of, before we get to our Lori Okamura audio here in a second, uh, interesting part of the international flavor of the tournament. I walk into the player's tent after I finally got a media pass. Thanks for vouching for me, everybody. Dave Kloon, who was on this program last week, we've never met face to face. And I was wandering through the restricted area with no pass at all, going, can someone get me a, a media pass, please? And he says, well, who are you with? Heard you were demanding a media pass. That's just what I'm saying. Yeah, demanding. Mm-hmm. And I said, is it possible to get a media pass? And he said, well, who are you with? I, I said, I do a volleyball show and volleyball podcast. And he goes, what's your name? And Kevin Barney goes, oh, Dave Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> just talked to you the other day. Yeah. So Dave, Dave says, yeah, go over here, get hooked up, whatever. I walk into the player's tent late in the day after that quarterfinal match with the women. I walk into the player's tent. There's only two people in the player's tent, the entire thing. I'm just looking for some water. Turns out it's two Slovaks. I look up, and one of them, I'm like, dude looks familiar. And he kind of double takes. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's Basil Kubula. I played with him in Vienna in 2000, 2001. Have not seen Premisil since. I'm like, so holy cow. He's Czech. Oh, check. Sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. It's you you wouldn't want to mess that up. They, uh, <laughs> my bad. You're going to be upset with that. Sorry, yeah. Premise Hill. I apologize. Sorry, sorry, Bean. We call them Bean. But yeah, he's, that's right. They, they were Czech. They weren't uh, Slovaks. We played in Slovakia a few times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, maybe Premise, maybe our Pavel Chudik, maybe he was Slovak. I can't remember. It's, the European stuff kills me. It's like, oh, I'm Northern Californian. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm Southern California. I'm Northern California. We have a little bit where's of Where's the line? That's what I want to know. Uh, the, where do they want to draw the line? There's a thing right now to split it into six states, something like that. Really? Yeah. It's okay. actually going to get on the ballot in this stupid system that we have here that you can, you can get people to sign uh, petitions and you can petition stuff onto the ballot. It'll be a proposition? Proposition, exactly. Uh, so anyway, ran into Premise Kubula, who is now 40, as am I. He is still playing on the beach. Just awesome. Very cool to see. Very cool to have that. It's such a small volleyball world. So I posted a picture of him and our teammates from Vienna were chiming in because we were just having a discussion this past week. I think I friended like one of our old guys and then a couple other guys and somebody posted a picture, like our team photo from after we won the Austrian Cup and we were kind of making comments on it. So I posted a picture of the Austrian Cup. I said, huh, I see something in the photo that looks familiar because it's in my son's bedroom downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) And somebody wrote back, you stole the cup? I go, no, we won the cup. We won the cup. (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah, so I took the Austrian cup, and then Canadian Bruce Edwards, who I played with that year. Bruce says, 
doesn't that belong in the Budo Center? I said, eh, maybe. Maybe I'd take it back to the Budo Center someday. If it's like, well, I don't care what you do with it. But <laughs> it'd be funny to return the cup after 20 years. Is your son, is he just has it on display? Is he using yeah, it for anything? Yeah, no, it's just there. Yeah. I've had it, I had it on display downstairs when I was still playing in Colorado. I had a, a bunch of cubbies in a wall, and I stuck it in there and put all my, because you get all these medals and credentials and stuff. What, what do you do with all these things? Like you know, we were discussing that last night. Yeah. my credentials. Accreditations. You make a piece of art out of them is that's, what you do. Yeah, that's what you eventually just about. strip them all, and you put them, like I've, I've been collecting my hotel keys as a broadcaster and giving them to my son. It's a stack that's about, four or five inches high now of hotel keys. And in anyone individually, so what? But if you just stack them in a frame, it's kind of an yeah. interesting little piece of art. I, I do that inadvertently while coaching club because you know every weekend we're in a different hotel at yeah. a different tournament, and I just forget to take them out of my wallet. And then you know, I sit down on a bus one day, and I'll go, why is my wallet so big? And I'll have... I have 14 hotel yeah, keys I in it. 14. Thank you, club season. <laughs> club season giving you scoliosis. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, let's, uh, let's move on to Lori Okamura here. She has been a longtime volleyball person, but recently elected to the Volleyball Board of Directors, USA Volleyball Board of Directors president position. So this is, uh, I believe, the first... She's the first Asian-American to take that position. We've had a woman before, uh, but let's hear from Lori Okamura. This was this weekend in Long Beach on her taking over the board of directors for USAB. Why? Nobody cares. <laughs> about being the new president. How did, what made you want to be president? You know, actually, it was, uh, it was some fellow board members that were looking to try to get more volleyball, I guess, expertise. Um, we've had a great run with the independent mm-hmm. directors of the board, which are really important to kind of like keeping us you know, even-keeled and honest, but I think it was um, a shift toward uh, trying to get some more volleyball IQ back into the into the board ranks. Yeah, we're down here at Long Beach. You have a rather substantial experience, for those that don't know, your experience with international volleyball. Yeah, well, you know, I've had um, my, my biggest experience has been, you know, I've had a great, great time uh, working for Mikasa in the past, you know, and it was a wonderful start to the international experience for me. Mikasa um, is a pretty big sponsor of, of FIVB, and then also, of course, now with USA Volleyball, we have Molten, which has been a ball partner for, for several years, and it's really aggressive and, and helping us trying to get the word out. Um, but it's great. One of the greatest things about Long Beach is that it's an opportunity for the Americans to play on American soil. Always a good thing, no matter what. I just spent a couple of weeks with the um, women's indoor team playing USA Cup and got to go home to Hawaii and watch them kind of get a real nice greeting from the folks back there. And, of course, a, always a good greeting from Southern California. But um, any opportunity for our teams to play on American soil. Uh, is a good thing. So I'm excited to see John Farah come back and bring the men's team back from their big win, and, and a couple weeks will be in another USA Cup. So you're taking over a board that is smaller than a few years ago. This is after reorganization happened, and it became more of a staff-driven organization. What do you see the role of this board being as you try and uh, interface with the staff? You know, one of the, I think one of the key priorities for this board, this new current board, which is 15, a lot smaller, probably, I, I believe it's less than half of what the old you know, board right. was before reorganization. So the 15 folks on the board, which still includes three independent members, um, business-driven, finance-driven, um, in strategic planning. Yeah, because the board is usually part of the strategic planning process, and then of course you empower the staff to, to kind of take on the responsibility of executing. You know, we've got a great staff. 
no doubt. USA Volleyball has a lot of people on board, and I think it, at this point probably has some of the, the largest staff, most staff members, you know, and an out, different outreach. There's an office in Anaheim, of course, a new office, the beach office moved from Hermosa to Torrance, and then the headquarters in Colorado Springs. It's three locations that are staffed fully. Um, of course, you can always use more help everywhere. You know, every time you turn around, there's more responsibility and things are growing, but I think the staff does a really good job of balancing some board directives and, and um, the strategic plan that, that Doug Beal is largely responsible for putting together. The men's team, World League champions, women ranked second in the world. Beach, healthy today, judging by the crowds and things that are going on there. Lots of medals on both the men's and women's side. There's a lot of positive things happening for the sport of volleyball right now. What are some areas you think need to be improved? Well, I think one of the biggest areas, and, and all of those things are true, and they're having a, a fantastic run at the, what we would call the senior level of the sport. But the growth right now is happening at the junior level, you know, at the younger ages. And I think um, because there's such a large period of growth taking place, you know, I mentioned before that we have a terrific staff, but I think they could use some help. You know, so one of the areas that we need to kind of look at is do we have enough support, do we have enough um, hands on deck, finances being driven in that direction. Are we raising enough money to be able to cover these things and start looking at, you know, what we would call maybe the bottom of the pyramid with our elite teams and our national teams being at the top and all the recreational play that's going on, all of the, the youth play that's going on. Are we staffing up accordingly and, and providing enough resources without taking anything away from the top you know, of the pyramid? It's an interesting sport in that so many people play and participate at those levels you just talked about, but when you get to the pro level, not as many people follow it social media, show up at matches, read articles about it, come to the website, all those different things. How, how do you guys as the board perhaps get some initiatives together to increase the fans of volleyball, not just participation? That's, that's a great question, and that's one of the biggest challenges. I think one of the things that's so great about the sport of volleyball is that if you break it down to who's watching and who's involved, there's a lot of diversity in um, socioeconomic levels and professional people involved, there's lawyers, there's doctors, there's all that. But one of the challenges and all that is how do you bring all these people together? You know, and one of the ways, like I'll take this event, for example, in Long Beach, you know, it's a great opportunity for the Americans to, to play, but it would also be a really great opportunity for American companies or companies that are supporting volleyball to kind of get on this, the same page. You know, and part of the challenge of getting more visibility out there for the sport and more visibility for the players is promoting the players themselves. You know, and we, we probably haven't done as much of that as we should have. Um, that's not really a board directive necessarily, but I think the board is interested in um, attending more events and finding out what are the needs and what are the, you know, what are the areas that we need to provide more support. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, you know, the board of directors is not necessarily the staff that's executing on site but they are responsible for listening to what the staff is, is saying that we need and, and the kind of financing that they need. And also, if we don't have that money available, we need to go find out where to get it. Cool. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, thank okay. you. Okay, yeah, no problem. There you go. A little uh, view into Lori Okamura, who will be, who is, new president of USA Volleyball. Nice. For the Congratulations board. to her. President of the lace side, so we'll be interfacing with Doug Beal. Uh, she needs to be a consensus developer, in my mind. Uh, you have to work to develop consensus and move things forward, not divide people mm-hmm. and draw lines in the sand and bring up stuff from years ago. I don't want to hear any of that. I want someone who's going to oh, we have problems. build and move, move forward. Move ahead. Yep. So I don't know what's going to happen, but keep an eye on it, Lori Okamura. I feel like the organizational problems that the USAV have are very, very similar to those of Volleyball Canada. It's uh, a, lot of, a lot of similar themes. It, that we hear it's almost like an old boys week. club. Yeah, well, that's we've heard of that before too, for sure. Oh, it is. 
But make no mistake about it, USAV in the last few years has gone nothing but up. Mm-hmm. We had Jake Gibb on the program a while back. Asked him about USAV. He had nothing but positive things to say. It's a guy who's seen a lot of time with USA Volleyball. So things are going the right way with this organization. Uh, anyone who says things aren't going the right way, I don't think they're really looking at the numbers. I don't think they're really being honest about what's happening in front of them. I've heard it from some people, but I think some of those people have stuff they're carrying around. They have some baggage. And I get it. I know you're angry. So was I. But was would be the key thing. I am no longer angry about something that happened in 1999. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not holding it against USAV that I sat in a meeting with Bob Gambardella telling me, you know, this or that. You know, it's just not – it doesn't matter now. Everybody's moved on. Every, you have to move on. If you can't move on and move forward and, and let that stuff slide to the past, you're never going to move forward. So you may as well get out of the volleyball community, get out of the volleyball organization. Or if you're going to stay, learn how to learn from that and move because that's the only way it is. But USA Volleyball has been going tremendously positive over the last 10 years. I give them 10 years. Even even 12, I'd say. Uh, going back for the men's team from 01. Yeah. The culture of that team started to change a little bit. But the culture of the organization had to change as well. I think there was some really messy stuff that had gone on from, say, 96 to the early 2000s, it just was bad. And even before that, you listen to the history of it, it's just bad. Well, in USAV, to their credit, they know they need to get better, especially on the beach side. Right, we've talked about it. Yeah. You can't, they, they you are. can't they, turn a ship like that Correct. And on a dime. It just doesn't happen. In case any of you did not hear it, Kevin snapped. Yes. Barely, though. My hand, <laughs> that was your hand froze. Kevin's got to ice it down. You were, like, you were very invested in that air conditioning. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Man. It was Commit- really, commitment. I was trying to do it justice without having mm-hmm. to play the actual video. Well, I appreciate that. But, yeah, I think things are going the right direction for USAV. And it, the results we named off, the results this weekend. And you guys picked up uh, another third place this weekend at the Under-21 World Championships, Beach World Championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although the gold did go to a certain team wearing red and white. Interesting. Never heard of them. <laughs> team in red and white? Never even heard of that country. The really? red and white country. Yeah, that red and white country. Algeria is coming up. They're doing very well. <laughs> yeah, Poland. <laughs> Actually, interesting enough, I was hoping for a U.S.-Canada final because that you know, would have been fantastic. Yeah. Lithuania. Lithuania getting in there. I thought they were big into basketball. You know, They've always been on the men's basketball mm-hmm. team. Sildrunas Ilgoskis. <laughs> Lithuanian, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Played for the Russian national team, though, for a while, right? Well, I mean, they were all Russian at one point. Right. Russia owned the entirety of the map. (laughs) All of it, yeah. Uh, USA Women Grand Prix, about to get underway August 1st. A boot. A boot boot to happen. (laughs) Ankara, Turkey, site number one for the USA Women. USA versus Russia. USA versus Turkey. USA versus Japan. (laughs) It's a heck of a start right there. Now, the weird thing to me always about Grand Prix has been that they have these pools... And you can end up in the same pool with the team several times. So the next week, Sao Paulo, USA, USA versus Russia again, Korea, and Brazil. Isn't the, uh, the thing that, isn't there like eight teams in, in their group? And then every, every week, so you have to play all, you know, so many games against every team, right? And so you just switch up. The, all the groups are changed slightly every week, so... But you don't, you don't play everybody, though. It's no. not like World League where 
you have away and home, and it amounts to you played that team four times. It's not quite like that, because then the U.S. goes on to play Brazil, Thailand, and Dominican Republic. So they'll see Turkey, Japan, Korea, Thailand, Dominican Republic once each. Okay. They'll see Brazil twice, and they'll see Russia twice. There's a formula to it, but th- that's, that's the schedule for the United States women. And for all the talk we've given on the show to the brutality of World League and the back and forth and the travel and everything, I think Grand Prix's worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's tougher. It's got to be. Like, three, three matches a weekend, and then you, you Friday, Saturday, on. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. You I'm, never go home. No. I mean, our girls started in, in uh, Peru this weekend, and then they go to Belgium next weekend, and then back to Argentina. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Talk about that. You're, you're, you're getting your silver elite status with your frequent flyer miles, that's for sure. <laughs> in on, two weeks. Just on that trip. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a harsh schedule. Um, for the USA women, too, you go and you stay on the road. And then if you qualify for the final, you go straight to the final. So it's a, you're a month mm-hmm. gone, living out of a suitcase, living with your teammates. Now, here's where you can really start to test your team character and your ability to get along. And this is where I think coaches in these types of situations, be it World League or Amplified Further in Grand Prix, you really have to learn how to manage your team emotionally and mentally. Sorry, coaches. One more practice when we're just off the plane, that's probably not as valuable as taking everybody to the spa for a day. <laughs> no, for the, forget the physical part, but the rest, recovery, mental relaxation of something like that. That kind of stuff becomes important. And if you get a coach who's only focused on, we've got to do this, we've got to get better at this, we've got to be in the gym, we're losing hours. That's not going to work over a month's time. Mm-hmm. You're going to be really bad at the end. You're going to burn out. I, so I mean, Barney, like, how, how is that type of schedule? I mean, you, there is no off-season, really. No, for, there isn't. For these players. I mean, you would know where you're playing pro all, all winter long. You come home, you get, what, maybe a month of family time, if that. No, most, it, like two weeks. If you're going to keep playing, none. Like, I came back from Austria, that Belgian championship, or, or Austrian championship. I came home, and seven days later, I was in Germany with the USA team for World League. I, I hadn't even adjusted at the time. It might have even been five days. I'd go back and look at You weren't even jet-lagged. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. No, I was like, hey. I'm still, yeah, exactly. I got back to Germany. I'm like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, the weather got better over a week's time. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that talk that it's great that there's World League. It's a fantastic thing, but maybe it's a little too much. Right? It's too early in the calendar for me, for what I like. But when you finish your professional season, you're wiped out. Go play World League, you're wiped out. But now you've got to try and get ready for World Championships. So if you push World League back, you're going to start pushing it into World Championships now. There used to be consideration where you could push World League back because World Championships was November still in Japan or wherever it was. But that was a big problem with the clubs because the clubs started in September, like school. The clubs would get going, and then the clubs would have to shut down or play without a lot of their best players for quite some time. So that was really a a huge issue. Maybe it's a discussion that there's too many FIVB events, right? Like, look, look, you've got World League, World Cup, World Championship, Grand Grand Champions Cup. You know, if you look at every other sport, hockey, soccer, football, basketball, whatever it is, there's, you know, there's one big international tournament. Yeah. Like, right. trying to convince, trying to explain the casual fan what all these different things are, 
is, is, is impossible. Right? Well, let's get a guy who maybe can, can help out, can help us out with our concerns about the schedule. Knows a little something about it. He knows a few things about it. Won an NCAA title as a UCLA Bruin under the guidance of Al Skates. Little did Al know he was training his replacement. He would go on to coach internationally in a variety of capacities with the USA Junior teams. He would take over a UC Irvine program that was struggling and turn it into a powerhouse. So much so that they won three national championships in six years and went on to win the national championship the year after he left because he went back to his alma mater. UCLA took over that program even though he was offered the international position revisited that just a little time later and decided he would take that spot as well. Do not offer him a host position here on the net live because he'll take it. (laughs) He will be sitting in this chair and running this show. He's already running two fantastic shows and doing a great job at it. He's coming off his World League Championship, just the second in United States volleyball history. Welcome in head coach John Spraw. John. Thanks, Marty. Good 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 to hear from you. You there? Yeah, I'm here. You there? There we go. Hey, okay. congratulations. Second World League title. Too bad the Olympics aren't happening in 10 days. You guys would be the favorite, just like 08. I don't know about that. I think, uh, but we are feeling pretty good about how it all went. Obviously, uh, we're thrilled. And uh, I think when at the beginning of the summer, when we were looking at the pools, seeing Russia and Serbia and Bulgaria in one pool, you know, you're just trying to figure out a way to get out of it and just to get to the World League finals and, and to get there and to win, I think, is a nice achievement, especially this early in the quad. You guys got into a situation where Bulgaria was so bad in the intercontinental round in pool play that there was a, jaw, a log jam at the top. You guys, Russia, and Serbia, it comes down to that last match in Serbia. What did you say to the guys? Because it was win that match and go on, lose that match and go home. Did you have any specific message before that particular match for your men? Actually, the message was really pretty simple because it was crafted after we played them a couple days before so um we went into serbia really not even needing a win but just needing a three sets so we could have lost in five and lost in four and and still gone to the world league finals so we were obviously in a really strong position and the first night we played in bulgaria in the smaller town nova sad we just played horrible i mean really maybe one of our our worst matches of world league and uh then all of a sudden, we put ourselves in a really uh, disadvantageous position. I, then we had to win that last night on the road. And so I, we were really frustrated by that. I think it was uh, terse conversations in the locker room, individual meetings with everybody, trying to get everybody uh, mentally in the right place. And then then it's the talk about, hey, this is playoff time. Our playoffs start a little bit early. We, we need to win this one or we go home. And so we went out and, and – actually played a great volleyball match. We played several really, really high-level volleyball matches throughout the course of World League. Um, fortunately, two of them were in the playoffs, uh, in the semis and the finals once we got to Florence. But that, that last match in Serbia, I thought we played great volleyball. And, and we just played not just the style of play, but, but just the way we were, I don't know, teammates, how hard we were competing, how focused we were, how positive we were, just the way I like to see us compete. And so... We not only played well, but played the way I like to see it played, and, and uh, we carried that over into the finals, and it, it's, it's been a great, great uh, transition for this team. I think we're so much better than we were a year ago at the same time. 
Hey, normally in World League, you guys play back-to-back nights, as you did here in the States and Chicago twice, as well as in Long Beach. How much did the schedule in Serbia benefit you guys where you have that loss? Then you have a whole day to recover uh, mentally, emotionally, physically to then come into that championship match. That seemed fortunate. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Uh, it did give us the time to regroup and have some conversations and get back out on the volleyball court and have a practice and, and then get after it again. I, I think any time you go through a championship run, you get some breaks. I think we got some breaks at the World League Finals in Florence, too. And we, we had a nice schedule where we, where we could play twice, have a day off, and play twice. Some teams did not have that. You know, some, some teams, if they go all the way, have to play four matches in a row. Some of them have to play three matches in a row. So... And you could see some teams trying to manage that a little bit. Um, the Brazil had a, a schedule where they played once, had a day off, and then had to play three in a row. So that second night when they were already in, they rested a couple of their veterans, and which obviously Russia wasn't so happy about. But I, I could see why they'd want to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, so we got a break of the schedule in a couple different ways. How premature is our world champions party celebration preparation? Uh, we have a venue all picked out. We're working on entertainment. We're thinking Beyonce, but uh, how premature is, are we on that? Is, is Garoff on the case already? Is he already yeah. on a, a – <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's really premature. I, I, I think that what we saw here is some glimpses of how we can play the game, but I think the most important thing about World League is how much we learned about what we need to do to continue to improve. I, I think – the thing I take the most from World League is just a sense of optimism because I, I think we're winning some good matches, but I also know we have a long way to go. And, and other teams are going to be pushing too. And, and of course, we have for sure the most challenging pool um, opening up world champs. So I think we got to get back in the mentality that we we got to get out of this next pool. we got to win the first point of the world championships. I mean, Belgium, France, Iran, Italy, I mean, those are great teams. So... We're going to have a battle every night, and uh, I, I think it is premature. But I, I'm optimistic, too. I feel really good about where we are right now. I'm, I'm thrilled with the way things are going. You mentioned there are some things that need work. Besides everything, what are some specific things that you guys are now focused on getting in the gym today? Uh, this week is going to be all about blocking. we got to block the ball a little bit better. We have to figure out how to score more points when the other team is passing a little bit better. Uh, we, we actually, in general, have pretty good defense in the backcourt. Uh, Eric Shoji has been playing great. I think we have guys that can dig the ball. Our transition numbers were actually pretty good. Not always. We didn't. We had some matches where they weren't very good at all. But, I mean, in general, we, we've done a nice job of that. Um, but that usually only happens when we're serving the ball real tough and put ourselves in a position where we can get them out of system. And we need to be able to do that more frequently against better passing teams. So, our blocking, I think, is maybe one of the weaker areas. And so, we're going to spend a ton of time on that. And then other than that, um, I think our passing could really improve. We're going to spend a lot of time uh, as a group working on that, too. But I think there's just lots of individual things. Anderson needs to work on a couple of things. Taylor needs to work on a bunch of things. Mike, uh, we can go down the list. Everybody's got their own little individual list they need to work on, and we're just going to try and tackle that as much as we can. Obviously, three weeks and having four matches in that period of time doesn't allow for a ton of time. Last year we had, I think, seven or eight weeks where we really just got into a huge training mode. But we'll have to be efficient. But, yeah, we got plenty of things to work on. 
You guys have that USA Cup coming up, four matches against Iran, who turns out to be a, a worthy opponent, perhaps even better than you thought when you originally scheduled this event. They finished fourth in World League, best ever for an Asian-zoned team. And what are your goals from a developmental perspective for those matches? I mean, yes, you don't get the focused training block, but you get a chance to compete. Right, and I think that's really important. Uh, you just don't get... Well, shoot, you guys were talking about schedule as I was signing in. And it uh, seems like there's so many events that matter. It's, it's really uh, really a rare opportunity where you can have some exhibitions, where you can play some new guys, where you can maybe experiment with a different system. Um, so I think this is a really critical tournament for us. We're, we're just so excited that we have the opportunity to do that, really happy that the group came in to run the USA Cup. And, um so I think we're going to take a look at some different lineups. We're going to take a look at some players that didn't play in World League uh, that we think may have a future here. Uh, so I, I think we're going to see a variety. I, I don't know exactly. We haven't sat down and penciled it all out yet, but we could have four different setters. We could have one for each match. We could uh, have all different types of lineups, different different guys you haven't even seen in World League. Uh, I think Aaron Russell is the guy we're going to play a little bit. Uh, he's the outside hitter from Penn State. He's got to go back to school, so we're going to play him as much as we can probably early. Um, we'll take a look at some guys that yeah that didn't get a whole lot of time. So I think it's a perfect opportunity for us to take a look at some, some things. Yeah, speaking of going back to school, there have been some discussions had, and I'm sure there have been ones that I am not privy to with Mike Christensen and his situation, having one year of eligibility left at SC. Is there any further thought, given your guys' victory at World League, about having him skip that senior year, or is he going back to school? Uh, you know, you'd have to ask Micah about that. I know those conversations have been going around quite a bit. Um, and I, I don't think he'll be the last guy. I mean, I've been pretty aggressive trying to bring some young guys in here, and they're getting some notice. You know? So, um, you know, I, I think skipping the senior year, I mean, he could t technically take a year off and uh, and then go back to school if he just stayed here and trained. But I don't, I don't think that's what we want to do. We, we, I think we want to get him graduated and playing overseas professionally that year going into the Olympics. So um, he's either going to go play professionally or he's going to stay and, and, and just finish his degree. And, and right now, last time I checked, let me stay and finish his degree, which is great. I think it's what he wants to do. How's the balancing act for you between the two jobs? Uh, it's going pretty good, actually. Um, Things this summer are so much better for me uh, personally. And last summer I got the job, I think I was hired in March or April, really late. And that made it tough. I didn't even have a, a staff, full staff in place until after World League last year. And there was lots of things that needed to get organized. Anytime you start a project like this, you got to get some things organized. And so it was really tough to kind of go through the, even the paperwork stuff. You know, like who do we need to turn in the paperwork to, to deal with travel? You know, all those little things that kind of get worked out over the course of time. Last summer was real tough. And at the same time, you're trying to train a team and implement some systems, and maybe every coach has their own different thing, their own different verbiage, their own different style, and, and getting integrated with that with the guys, and uh, I don't know, it was tough. And so this summer has been uh, much better in that we had an off-season to prepare. The game plans are done. Everybody knows their role. Uh, players are more familiar with my style. Uh, and I think uh, we have a better grasp of who we needed in the gym. That takes, surprisingly, that takes a little bit of time. You know, you need to kind of see some guys, look at them, bring some young guys in. Is he going to fit now? Try and project if he'd make it or not by Rio. If so, how much time do we need to invest? Uh, th those are very important decisions, and uh, we've been able to do that a little bit better. I, I still think we have room to improve there, and, and I think the USA Cup is part of that. Give us an opportunity to take a look at some more guys. 
Um, obviously, I think this is the last summer. I'm coming to the opinion that this is the last summer where you can really experiment with some things. Um, potentially yep. World League next year, but but I think then you get into World Cup and it and all of a sudden it becomes totally and totally consumed with trying to qualify and and you don't that's not a time where you're probably trying to bring new guys in the gym or experimenting with new things. Um, so I think this is a good opportunity for us this this last little block here to take a look at some guys. So I think this summer is just for me going really, really well. I feel good. I feel fresh. Um, I'm not burned out. Obviously, that was a concern I had going into this whole thing was, you know, after a couple of years, was I just going to be cooked? And uh, I'm not at all. And I'm just not even in the slightest. I'm, I'm energized, and um, I have great staffs at both places. I, the staff here at USA has done a great job for this summer. We're just really prepared. And, and UCLA is humming along. Brad Keller and Andrew Becker just doing some great things there. And so I, I think we're doing real well. Winning the cure for all things, no doubt. You're listening to the Net Live here on Volleyball Magazine. We're talking to head coach John Sparrow, the men's national team, and UCLA, the men Bruins over there. And John, you've had the opportunity to bring in a bunch of different coaches. I've asked you about this before. You brought in a variety of different people, both from the men's and women's game. Jared Elliott was in there, uh, Mike Seeley. Eric Sullivan, Russ Rose, and I saw Al Skates there in the background at the finals. Uh, what did you make Al do, and, and what do you think are some of the special things that, that different coaches brought? Did you load him up with work? Uh, Al loads himself up with work. I mean, Al is uh, somebody, he comes in, and I think part of it is that he knows who I am and feels very comfortable working with me, and, and then there's part of it that Al is just, he's so confident. He comes in and just really has some pretty strong opinions, and but the nice part about Al is that he comes in and he'll be there. He'll see something like literally the first five minutes he's on the court. He's itching to get out there and start communicating with the guys. And um, he'll come up to me and go, I, I see this with, with Carson. Is that consistent with what you see? Can I talk to him? And I'll be like, yeah, go talk to him. And he'll do that with just about every single thing that he sees until he understands where he fits in and, and he feels comfortable moving ahead. And, I mean, he, he's the type of guy where we're in a video meeting and he's talking and he, and he wants to actually get up and draw on a dry erase board. He'll ask me, hey, can I take two minutes with the team? Yeah, sure, of course. So Al's outstanding. I, I just, you know, I, I want to bring in the best. I want to bring in every single person that can help this team. And I, I don't care if they're from the women's side, the men's side, the junior side. Uh, this team deserves to be surrounded by the best coaches in America. And, and so it's Jared, it's Russ. It's, I obviously have a great relationship with Mike Seeley and, and Eric Sullivan. I mean, we were teammates. I, I think that, that we had uh, Seeley and Eric on one trip to Bulgaria. That was a really nice dynamic. Um, they all contribute really, really well. I mean, I've just really enjoyed working with everybody. So anybody that can come in and see things from a different perspective, give us a different view, uh, obviously, Russ and Al bring that level of experience, and uh, I just enjoy having that kind of viewpoint, and I, I like working with the best. It doesn't bother me at all. I, I just I, I thrive on it. I think it's just awesome to bring in all the resources that the United States has to offer. You mentioned the opposite spot in there. It was something that was talked about a lot this year was the opposite, and you having a similar situation in college where you didn't have a really pure opposite to play at that spot, was that at all informative or instructive for you coming to the national team and having to put Matt Anderson back over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, what, I, what we did at UCLA over the last couple of years is really interesting. It's kind of We had this hybrid outside hitter position. Would he hit these? Wouldn't he hit these? Last year we even experimented so far as to, to – we spent 
probably a good month, six weeks training the slide. You know, how does that work? I've never actually done that as a coach. Um, all those things are, are pretty informative when you have the opportunity to experiment back and forth. Uh, I think any time you're just, if you're coaching, you're getting better at coaching, you know, and I, I think that that's a nice thing for me is that during the summers I'm coaching at a really high level, and then I, you know, unlike other national teams, I go back, I coach the team all year, so I get to work on some of these things. So, yeah, it is. I think it is. I think it's beneficial. It goes both directions. And uh, I think it was fun for me to kind of be able to experiment with some different offenses over the last couple of years at UCLA. And then obviously you have this situation here. And I, I'm not wedded to this system. You know, I, I think it's worked really well. The offensive firepower that, that Taylor Sander has brought allows us to move Maddie and keep him over on the right a little bit more and gives us, gives us a gun on each side of the court, which is really beneficial. Um, but, you know, if we develop some opposites, whether it's Carson or Murph or Will Price or somebody else we don't know yet, I mean, I, I think then we can move Maddie back to the outside. And and I, don't, I really don't have an agenda. I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I just want to put the best seven volleyball players on the court at the same time. And and uh, we've looked at Carson at off and Maddie at outside. That puts a little more passing pressure on Taylor. He'll, he'll get better at that skill. That's an area where he needs to improve. And um, so I, I think we'll just have to wait and see as, as time goes by what we eventually settle on. But I, I, we did prove, though, that this lineup will work. And mm. it's a lineup that can really improve. I mean, if you look at Maddie, I mean, he's hitting D-balls out of system, and he's never done that in his career and doing it at a pretty decent level. But he can still open up his range. He still has some shots he needs to work on. I don't know that he's fully comfortable over there yet in that situation. And he will as he continues to train there. And, and once we continue to improve – and I think we could be pretty good. We have Cam and Everett of Volley Source here in studio today, and they are wondering if you're scared of Canada, eh? <laughs> yeah, I think you, I think you better be. I mean, I, I think that team's really good. I have a lot of respect for Canada. I have a lot of respect for those coaches. Uh, they do some things very, very well technically. I think they have some sides. Uh, Schmidt's obviously a force. I think they, they've got some good out, young outside hitters. Uh, I think Canada's probably as good as they've been in a long, long time. Um, I, I really was really pleased with how we played in the final versus them last year, but I think going into that match, you have to say Canada was actually the favorite. Um, so I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about Canada and that, that matchup we'll eventually have to have to get to go to the Olympics, and, and they have as good a shot as a Canadian team has had since maybe 84 to go to the Olympic Games. And so, we, yeah, we talk about it a lot. You know, speaking of certain matchups, when I look down what you guys have done, Brazil is still world number one, but you guys in a lot of important situations have beaten Brazil routinely over the last few years. It seems like you have a little bit of an advantage over them when it matters. But then I see the flip side of that sometimes, in my opinion, with Italy and with Russia and you guys. How accurate is that? Do you think that exists between certain teams in important matches? Boy, um, I don't know, Barney, if it does or not. Um, I don't know. And I, I think those things change, too. There's ebbs and flows to that. I, I, we just played a really solid volleyball match. I mean, I guess that theoretically that your, your comment is accurate. And there are some teams where maybe you develop a little bit of a rivalry for that, that just brings that second level of focus, you know, just next level. Um does that happen for Brazil? I mean, maybe. Obviously, they've been really the best team in the world for a long time, so maybe these guys have grown up with that and, and bring that kind of focus to, to that match when they play them. 
uh, a lot of it might be just matchup and styles of play. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel uh, like Russia, I mean, has been a real tough win for us, you know, and so being able to beat Russia and Russia, I mean, I'd be curious to know the last time a U.S. team beat Russia and Russia. That's yeah. been really tough for us. I mean, even even through that 2008 quad, we only beat them once, and that was in the Olympic semi in a five-gamer yeah. two-set. You know, I mean, that's, that was the only win, that quad, against Russia. And so, uh, yeah, some teams provide those challenges. Obviously, Italy lately has been tough for us, and I, I think obviously it's highlighted by the fact that they played so well in the in Olympic quarterfinal. I mean, they just serve the heck out of the ball. You watch that match, and I had forgotten how well that they served and passed that match. It was incredible. So Their best match of the tournament by far. By far. You know, so, you know, some of it's a little random. You know, you catch a team on a particular night when they're playing really well. and um, But, yeah, maybe there's something to be said. I, I haven't really thought about it one bit. I'm just trying to figure out a way to beat Russia, trying to figure out a way to beat Italy, trying to figure out a way to beat Brazil. They're all... I mean, those teams are all really good, and the margins are so slim on those teams. Uh, and we're going to see them again. You know, we get to see Italy again real soon here. And we're going to get to see Iran again real soon, um, not just in these exhibitions, but in, in the World Champs, you know. So uh, I think it's uh, this is a constant evaluation about where we are, what we have to do to beat other systems, what our system has to be in order to do that, how we're going to improve with those things. Coach, uh, Everett here from Volleyball Source. Just wondering, you just mentioned those exhibition matches with Iran. I mean, it would make sense once in a while to have maybe an uh, exhibition series, you know, Canada versus the U.S. Uh, But do you go and get teams like Iran because our our styles are are so similar and you're looking to play against a different style? Uh, actually, no. This is the, the USA Cup is more of a commercial event. We've had a group that's come in, and uh, they're running the event, and they're putting it in big arenas, so that really a significant portion of the conversation was who's going to draw. And, and Iran and the Persian community in Southern California is really significant. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the match at Paul Pavilion in Westwood, you know, with the Persian community is so strong on the west side. I, I bet you that, that place is just packed. And so uh, there, there's definitely part of that. So we went through a list of teams that we thought that could draw. And I, I'm sure that part of the conversation, gosh, I don't even remember, you know, it was a year ago or more, and it was also about who you, know, who you want to play. And we're, you know, obviously we're talking about wanting to play some of the best teams in the world, so the conversation always begins with Brazil and Russia and Italy and, and those teams where we've really struggled to beat them. Um, I feel like when you play teams in your zone, you have to play those teams additional – you have uh, you have additional opportunities to play those teams in North Seca events. You know, we're going to see Canada again next next spring. And so, yeah, um, I feel like we play them enough. And so, yeah, I feel like uh, that, that was kind of the discussion. The, the primary discussion was how we were going to make money on this event. Canada needs to travel better, boys. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. got to be yeah, like, check something, you know. <laughs> UCLA, right. if they're going to play this ball. Hey, uh, John, before we let you go, just wondering, uh, bonus money plans? Uh, we're going to see Ferrari, Maserati, BMW, Benz. I mean, what are we going here? Yeah, I, I think uh, it's not that big, you know. Um, that million-dollar <laughs> check looks really good, but that that doesn't go uh, – that gets split up in lots of different ways. So, I mean, it's a nice it's a nice thing for the players. Uh, the players will get a nice amount. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, when we won in 2008 World League, um, I remember what a big deal was. I remember when when I stood up after we won, <laughs> Hugh was so surprised that he he walked right by me. He didn't even 
he was just going to go shake hands, like he, and, and he said, did we just win World League? <laughs> he literally was like, he, he looked at me as he kind of walked by, grabbed him to give him a hug. He goes, did we just win World League? And, uh, and I got a phone call from, from Eric Sullivan, and he said something that, to me, I thought was really, really insightful. And he always felt that in order to get on the, the, the medal stand at the Olympics, you had to get on the medal stand during the quad. You had to have a visual of what that was like before you went to the Olympic Games. And in that quad, we got it just at the last second. I think for us to be in a position where we could have that visual early on, which I was really disappointed we didn't do that at Grand Champions Cup. You know, if we mm-hmm. if we had played a little bit better at the end of that match versus Iran, I mean, we, we were up in that fourth, and we had some chances in the fifth. I mean, we were on the medal stand there, and I, I was disappointed. I, I wanted to have some medal stand opportunities. I wanted to stand up there. And um, obviously to be on the top podium is, is great for us. And, and that, to me, is just the most important thing. I, I think we have a really nice foundation here. I think things are going really well. I feel really good right now. I feel certainly better than I did a year ago at this time about our process to qualify and, and to medal. And uh, I want us to start feeling like we can be a medal team in every tournament. And and that's still a process. Just because we did it at World League doesn't mean that it's automatically going to happen and you guys can start planning the World Champ Celebration Picnic. Um, but I think, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, you know, it doesn't make that automatic. So there's that balance between making sure it doesn't go to our head and at the same time really appreciating the fact that we have that opportunity to kind of start having those, I don't want to say expectations because I try and stick steer clear from that, but, you know, that, that hope that we – have this team and this group of guys and the talent and the work ethic and the staff that we can get onto the stand in every tournament. And uh, I think that we're nearing that. I feel good about it. I don't know that we're there yet. And so um, we have a lot to do. I want to see a lot more improvement in specific areas before I can really start really thinking about that a ton. But right now we're just focused on getting better tomorrow. On an individual or team basis, no doubt, if you don't believe it, nobody else will. 2008 was a late podium. This is an early one. The sky's the limit for the USA men's national team. John Sprock, congratulations once again. We look forward to seeing you guys in World Championships, and thanks for taking a little time with us today. Yeah, no problem. Great being with you guys. Talk to you guys soon. All right. See you, John. John Sprock, head coach of the men's national team, coming off their gold medal at World League. And, you know, what Sullivan said is definitely true that you do need to get on the podium in the, the intervening four years. You need to believe that when you go to a tournament, you are expected to be on that podium. You're not just trying to get there. You're expecting to be there. And that's an important step. I thought without that victory, and I've said this so many times in the show, but you can't say it enough, without that victory in 08, that team doesn't win the gold medal, or yeah. maybe at the very least isn't nearly as likely to win the gold medal without that World League victory 10 days before the yeah. Olympic Games. I think, I think that's part of the... Uh, part of the process for the Canadian team right now too is that we need to start you know really you know expecting that we should be in that upper group and expecting that we should yeah. push these teams rather than just you know oh let's try we'll do our best it's no we need to get there yeah. we, we are just as good as these teams we've showed it time and time again when we beat the top teams in the world not to mention on the biggest of stages yeah. so let's go out there and let's let's prove to these guys what we can do and that we need to be at that stage. Sometimes winning a match could literally just be you believing it. You get it yes. gets tight in the fifth set, you're like I believe we're going to win this match. Like you've heard players before like we went to triple overtime but we knew we were going to win. It's not a passive belief either. No, it's like it's I we're active, going to win this. Yeah. It's an active doing. 
mm-hmm. with my Belgian team, our season there, a championship in Belgium, yeah. a big deal because we were second in Europe. Little Belgian team, second in Europe gotcha. in Champions League. But we went to five sets eight times that year, including in our seven best of seven final a couple of times. We won every single time. And I knew in one match when we were struggling a little bit, I'm like, look, we just get to five. We own it. Yeah. We, we win, period. We will and win. And every fiber in your body, you knew that you were going to win. Every time. Yep. Hey, success creates success. There's yeah. no doubt about that. that it, is, it is a stone rolling downhill. Well, if you would like to see the USAV Cup schedule is online. Yes. They will be at the Galen Center Saturday, August 9th. Okay. 7 p.m. Anaheim Convention Center, August 13th, which is a Wednesday, 7 p.m. August 15th, Friday, San Diego, San Diego State University campus, and then August 16th, 6 p.m. at Poly Pavilion. I wonder if the men feel gypped because they don't get to go to Hawaii. Like the women did? there, like the women yeah. did. And I wish they did because then I could watch them because uh, I'll be in Hawaii. Yes, hmm. I will. If hmm. you would like to see Jeremy, I will be in Anaheim. I'll be at that one. That's the only one I can make. Okay. So I'll be there. If you'd like to see me, please check Waikiki Beach. Yes. Or the North He Shore. will be the whitest guy on the beach. I, I'm visible. And tallest. Are these matches going to be live streamed for people That's in other question. parts of the country? Don't know so far. Or so elsewhere. Like Great elsewhere. question. Yeah. Cam. They're not broadcast on TV for sure. I know that. Uh, but live stream is another issue. If, I, I would suspect, given their live stream history with USAV, these need to be live streamed. If there is no live stream, we do know a couple Other of guys. Other USA Cup was. You do know some people that can handle yeah, it. Yeah, okay. that, that can do it. They're kind of um, partial to another country, but they could provide commentary. The money is right. Yeah. Absolutely. But they're, yeah. They're, hey, vo- they're volleyball fans. Isn't that what you want? I mean, That's you're right. not playing against Canada, so I have no problem cheering for the States. You, That's guys, awesome. you guys got an overkill sponsorship here? Uh, yeah. They, they are an advertiser with us. Nice. Yeah. Clothing sponsor. They sell anything in the United States? Oh, well, they, well they have a huge online store that shifts to the U.S. They have two retail stores. They just opened another in Vancouver retail shop nice. in Vancouver. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. I like the overkill stuff. Looks good. And uh, they actually just released these, these, uh, this, this new line. It looks that kind of looks like an Edelbrock ad. <laughs> Same colors. Anybody? Edelbrock? <laughs> Racing? I'm shaking my head. No. That's no. two references. Look up Edelbrock. And just yeah, put, put in Edelbrock. Wait, is that motocross? No, yeah. it's just cars. Car racing. No drink? Oh. Damn, it's a drink. Same colors. Though. That's There's what they're no, modeling that on. Drink. <laughs> Although after last night, I think I'm fine not yeah. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys have had enough. Thanks, Gardhoff. We'll be falling asleep right after the show. Is Gardhoff at work today? Did he make it? Like, I mean, Gardhoff was in the chat room. Yeah, uh, he was. So he it, he's at a computer somewhere. But yeah. Just, that, guy went, that guy went hard this week. Here's, yes, he did. Here's my question. Did Big Head April Ross get violent after she was drunk? Um, was she kind of a violent drunk or a happy drunk? Well, the thing is, is that the when we got there, it's just a giant was, head. Does it float? Does it oh, have legs? Yeah, 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 this, yeah. this was <clears throat> four, I think, tequila shots deep when yeah. we got there. Ooh, wow! So, so you, wow. Did you have to catch up immediately. <laughs> they tried. Yeah. Um, the the edges of Big Head April Ross were a little bit bent and crooked. <laughs> I don't know if that was just from from the week, it's from the or, love, or, it's from the love, or if that had all just happened yeah. you know, during those four shots. Yeah. So. I was quite angry with my technology because I shot a nice interview with April right after that quarterfinal win. Uh, she and Brad Keenan were off to the side having an argument about her schedule and what she should do and what she should eat and if she should get sleep or where she should go. Turns out Brad went out and bought an air conditioner for the week for April at their house because it was getting a little bit warm this week in L.A. and the surrounding areas. That's nice of Brad. And he went out and bought one for her because it was kind of warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but talking about that, you know, I was like, do you tell April what to do? Or April, do you, you tell the pit squirrel, pit squirrel, the sun squirrel, sun squirrel, Kevin, the sun, sun squirrel, squirrel, what to do? 
and we were getting into it, and I said at one point we were talking about the sun squirrel being out in the stands and yeah. how it's hot there, yeah. you know, and he's stuck in the stands. I said, yeah, it's not easy being big and furry. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so bummed out, my stupid phone. Yeah, good job, Kevin. Crapped out, the Way whole interview's gone. So, April, thank you for the interview. I'm sorry it did not make air. Uh, she mentioned how fantastic the fan support was and how fun it is for them to play in the States in front of home fans. An obvious uh, thing, but always nice to hear from yeah, the athletes that they, they feel that while they're on the court playing. Two deuce sets. They won the first in a deuce set. They lost the second. Was the first a deuce set? I think it was like mm-hmm. 21-19 maybe? Or maybe it was 21-18, 18-21 reversed. Then it was a deuce set. It was, I think, 17-15 in that third one. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say earlier about I came into the arena, did not have a pass, could not go to the VIP section, could not get into where you were because you had tight my, security. My security guard was not messing around, and I love it. So I went and sat in the stands at the top, just below these guys, yeah, but on my own, at you. on my own, I got to actually watch the match. It was Did great. Oh, I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't distracted. From a real fan's perspective. I got to just enjoy Carrie and April and Laura Ludwig. And it not, was, and not her partner, just Carrie April and Laura. <laughs> I wasn't that her, her partner was okay, but Ludwig was very impressive. And obviously, I'm watching the American side a little bit more. And I thought the vision of Carrie was impressive. April made a couple of fantastic plays, just really nice volleyball and fun for me to be a fan rather than get into some sort of conversation about something. Yeah, because I want to talk to people. Yeah, yeah. So it's not just the other people; it's my fault too. For for me, it was good to see Carrie's defensive game. Yeah, and yeah. the split blocking that they're doing now well, seems to be more full-time. I noticed it happening more than I remember with Misty. Misty would be the occasional odd circumstance. It would be when they were smashing a team early in the tournament, and they're like, Misty, how about you go block, and I'll just play defense <laughs> back here. We'll yeah. see how that goes. April's very capable of both. That's mm-hmm. what her and Jen did. Yeah. April and Jen Kessie split block. I saw Jen this weekend, Kevin. Did you? Uh, no. I didn't. Yeah, uh, Jen and Andy were there. No. Sorry. Thanks. Sorry, Kevin. Thanks for you, you. There's no way you're going to point it out that she was there and say, "Hey, here's Kevin." No, I could have high five her. You could have tried to high five her and five her. High five her. Should be a teacher. The next shirt. High five her. High five her. Yeah. Give a high five her. Then it lies. With a picture of Kevin and no one giving him a high five. Hey, Kevin. I got it. She had no idea who you were, though. Doesn't matter. I got it. So, Kevin, what was the the atmosphere in the stands? I mean, like. We we were there. We were at all the matches, but Drum sure. and I were down on the sand. DJ, you know, Jeremy was yeah. up, at, up in the booth. How was it? Was it fun? Was it? Could you feel the energy? Was it electric? People got very excited about free stuff from it's Mark Sherman. Electric. Yep. And yeah, it was good, uh, especially for a Friday. It was packed. Mm-hmm. The stands were full. Mm-hmm. It was a nice combination of younger volleyball fans. You could see some club girls. You could see some kind of college age kids, and groups of them together, uh, men and women, and then also some of the older volleyball crowd all sitting together. It was really a nice atmosphere. They were way into it, for sure. And it was fun. It really made me, and I told Jeremy this later, I'm like, you know, I said it before, but sadly to realize it again, the beach atmosphere crushes indoor. Oh, crushes indoor. Indoor, the power is amazing, this and that, but it's just not fun like the beach was fun. Glad you could admit that, Kevin. It takes a big man to admit that. Beach was fun, man. I I, I should have played more beach. For, For me... It was just the confirmation that the FIVB needs to be have an event in California, with, with, yeah. without a doubt. Oh, it was a great event. It was, it was fantastic. And I think you're going to get more players traveling. I, I was texting uh, Clemens Doppler, who I played with in Austria as well. I'm like, Clemens, are you here? Like, I'd I just like to see him. But he's not here. Yeah. He didn't make the trip. I'm like, dude, make the trip. 
Long Beach, baby. They had, what, seven teams canceled oh. the day before the event? And I asked outside? April. Oh, really? Women. Yeah. That I didn't know. I said, April, has has there been much whining from the European players that they... Well, the travel. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, four euros, had to travel for one. More than like a two and a half hour flight. But what I don't get now is like, th- there's there's more and more events now in the Western Hemisphere. You know, Long Beach, Acapulco has an event. Mm-hmm. Argentina has an event. Maybe Bra- Brazil will have theirs. If yeah, Brazil, who knows? They give 30% to Ari. Yeah. So talking talking to, through to people up in Canada, there's a few groups who are looking to bring an event back into to Canada. So, if, if that's the case... Why doesn't the FIVB just be like, okay, well, let's have a Western swing of the of the tour? Would make sense. And then go back. Good call. If it gets big enough, mm-hmm. you go Western, Eastern, mm-hmm. or you go European and America. whatever you want to call this, Americas, right? Call it that zone. You play mainly here and cross over four times a year, five times a year, whatever it is. And these guys play mainly here. Then you, could, then you still have the country versus country. And then you have the who's better. I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a long-term thing. I mean, look, looking at that, how many quality teams do we have in the Western Hemisphere? Like, there's the Americans and Brazilians, of course. But after that, it, it drops off quite quick. Like Canada, Argentina. Yeah, maybe that's a thing for later because the sport has really grown. Maybe maybe that's a thing. Or is like the FIVB tour, the the, the world tour is. Uh, as you know, for the, the upper echelon, because, I mean, the parody on the tour now, I, we saw it in Berlin yeah. with, you know, the Americans coming out of the qualifier and winning it. it, it it's tough, you know, and there's oh, so many good teams everywhere. And well, Jake and Casey now going to the qualifier, right? Yeah. Same with, yeah, they're in a I think almost everybody's in the qualifier except for Phil and Rosie yeah. at this point. Wow. But, um, but the, the team from Poland that played in the finals, like, from the distance I was, like, you know, we listed off their height and stuff like that. Both of them were shorter than Rosie. Yeah. Both of them. One was six one. They're six, both one, six, shorter than three, Rosie, right? and they are really good. Yeah, I, They're really good. Oh, yeah. I actually have a Jim picture. Jim Menji's excited somewhere. Yeah. I, have a, I have a picture of Marius, and he's he's hitting the ball, and his knees when he's jumping are above the bottom tape. Ooh, good I for him. It's, it's not up yet. I'll, I'll post it up on our, our Facebook page on our site. Chad Strickland esque to drop but, a old the Long Beach sand was definitely a jumper's beach. It was. Yes, for sure. That it is. was not a little hard deep. packed. A little yeah. hard packed. That's for sure. It was not Manhattan. That is correct. 6-1 on Manhattan might struggle a little bit more. Maybe a little bit. But yeah. I, I, uh, talking to Garthoff, actually, apparently they brought in sand for the oh, event. Yeah. Because uh, apparently the Long Beach sand is not... Uh, not FIVB regulation? No. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. friendly. It's more like uh, 60 grit. You need some 220 <laughs> if you're going to be out there for a few days with your feet. Last yeah. week in the Hague, the sand has shells in it. Oh, You get shells not, in between your toes. I got stabbed on the way down to the water. <laughs> I don't know how these guys have to play in it. Yeah. Really Diving and yeah, and it's like high density too. Steel. It's not just like rare shells kind of scattered around. It's there's a lot of them. Team Iron Feet maybe not <laughs> Team Iron Crotch. I should post a picture of that in my shirt from Comic Con. 
We want to say thanks to John Spra for coming on the show. Thanks to our sponsor, 6-8 Clothing Company, as well as Volleyball Magazine for providing us the opportunity to give this show to you. Hopefully you're getting it via iTunes. Thanks to Cam and Everett for showing up today. Thank you very Thank much. You guys. Always great us. to have you guys in studio. Anytime you're in town, come on down. Likewise. Yeah. Sit in a loft for a while. and We, uh, we don't have a loft. Entertain us. Um, we have Cam's living room. I mean, we have a studio. We have a studio now. We do. We do. Yeah. I, I'm excited to get back into the studio. I know. We've been in it once. You can mm. check out our old shows, and it's literally on my 1970s pull-out couch. That nice. The only emails that we got about the show for like the first maybe 12 episodes were, when is that couch going to go? about the couch. It's like, know no, what? nothing about the content. Just, and it's, just it's great because we, uh, one of our, another one of our advertisers is, is uh, Madawaska Volleyball Camp. And uh, it's a place that I've been going for years. I was a camper. I'm a coach now, and it was fantastic to have Cam come with me this year. And he, you know, we, we filmed the whole thing. And cool. one of the first days we were there, like a 12-year-old girl was chirping Cam about his couch. Nice. It yeah. Cut me open. Nice. Keep that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Jeremy, for being here. And thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of our program. We have one more show next week. Then we're going to take some time off unless someone's taking over the home court. A little, a little vacay? Because I'm in Hawaii, people. Do it remote. I'm not doing the show from Honolulu. We will be in Toronto. You, you can find me in Hawaii. You can find me in Honolulu. Hawaii. That's a better idea. Yeah. The Net Live. Thanks for being here, people. Have a good week.